Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Fan Fuel Motorsports, where fans fuel talk about motorsports. We're at episode 83, and I'm joined by two members of Ratty Nation. There's rumors of a third, maybe fourth, joining here in a little bit. Um, but I am with Ashton O'Neill and Dalton Good um, from Left Turn Pulp. Guys, what have you guys been up to? How's it going? Not, not much, man. Just, uh, it's the offseason. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. And other than taking care of my grandfather, I've been with the offseason at hand and all, been mainly just hanging out at the hockey rink mostly. All right. Yeah. Yeah, hell yeah. Well, I've been battling another sickness. This is the, I was telling Ashton earlier um, before we were live that I was sick like six weeks ago too and missed a whole week of work. And I've already missed three days this week because I'm fucking sick again. And I absolutely hate it. Dude. Yeah. Yeah. No bueno. Is it, is it the flu? Because that's been going around that. I don't know. Probably. But I like, hope not. Yeah. I started out at a nasty cough. And now I still have a little bit of a cough. Kind of raspy. But, oh well. Not much you can do. But we are here to talk about the end of an era with Kyle fucking bitch. Um... As we end the JGR days and look forward to RCR. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm trying to catch my breath. Um, what? Let's talk about his 2022 season to kind of open up the rowdy roundup here. Um, it was fairly disappointing. He had several wins that I think he definitely deserved that the team either um, didn't have the car set up right, um, being that, you know, a technical failure happened. Um, or it just kind of got ripped out from underneath him. So what were some highlights and maybe some lowlights of the 2022 season? You go ahead, Aston. I'm definitely going to have to say, as far as the top three is concerned, as far as highs, you know, in Kyle Busch, there's not really all that many. Although he did have a great run at the inaugural cup race at Gateway. Another thing I really liked, you know, this year about Kyle Busch this year is that Despite spinning out early in the Daytona 500 and missing all those wrecks, he had, in my personal opinion, his best finish yet in the Daytona 500. But obviously, winning at Bristol was the biggest thing. Now, the lowest of lows, I'm going to go with all the technical failures, obviously. But for me, the lowest of lows, I would have to say when I went to Pocono. Uh, leading all those laps, he and Denny Hamlin, Hamlin both, leading all those laps only to get a notification from a friend of mine saying, hey, you heard about Kyle Busch and Denny Hamlin, didn't you? As I'm leaving the track, I'm like, no, what? What's going on? They got disqualified. I'm like, disqualified? They ain't posted nothing yet. So I turn it on to SiriusXM, then lo and behold, they're talking about it even though they didn't post nothing on social media yet. I was like, what? I mean, it's just so mind-blowing how it happened. But obviously, you know, as far as a family aspect, the welcoming of Lennox to the family and all, just say that she's Kyle's twin, putting it mildly as seeing, you know, he and Samantha struggle with infertility issues and all in their personal lives and all and highlighting that 
and finally get the, the second child that they've always wanted, it made my heart – to me, that's the, big, the biggest highlight other than just winning at Bristol. To me, that's the biggest highlight because there's really nothing too credible on kind of all the technical issues that he's had, whether it be blown engines or just bad runs in general. So, like it is, it's an end of an era. I mean, he's been the winningest driver of the 2010s. It's just I'm ready to see what he does for RCR, especially after mending all these fences. So uh, that's that's pretty good uh, list right there. But uh, you know, for me, I'm gonna start with the highs. Um, really, the best is uh, obviously the Bristol Dirt win, uh, and really ironic too because you know he that very week he was talking about how much he hated uh, the dirt race of Bristol, and then he goes out and wins it. Um, he backed into it. He, he honestly did. I'm not gonna lie about that, and uh, I'm glad he did because uh, if he didn't, that would have been his uh, first ever winless season in the Cup Series. Um, Really, what sucks is that there's not ma- other many highs after that, you know. Uh, of course, except the the birth of uh, their daughter Lennox after years and years and years of struggling. But unfortunately, there was just too many lows this year. It, it really not only was it a bad year for Kyle uh, on the track, it was also a bad year uh, off the track as well. Um, you know, f- first you had the the uncertainty uh, with you know Eminem's leaving. Uh, I mean, everybody thought for sure, you know, oh, okay, Kyle's going to get a deal done. Like, who's not going to want to sponsor him, you know? Um, it didn't work out that way, unfortunately, which was shocking. Um, I don't really know what the whole deal was behind closed doors. Uh, ho- hopefully we can figure that out one of these days. But, you know, first he had that, um, and it got to a very late in the season where uh, still nothing was still signed, and you're thinking, okay, well, what's going to happen? You know, uh, what? just very uncertain future. But after that, um, really, uh, I don't know if you guys remember this, but you know, the, the shooting at that, uh, mall of America down in Minnesota, Oh yeah, uh, that, that he was involved. Well, his family was inside there just, you know, having a good time, uh, been time with the kids and uh, riding, par- uh, amusement park rides. And then, uh, that all happened, but you know, luckily there were no injuries, no deaths in that situation. Everybody made it out safe. So that's the best part of it. Um, uh, and then, Lastly, the uh, the death of Coy Gibbs uh, on race day on Sunday, uh, and you know Coy was Kyle's like actual car owner, uh, and he's been with him through everything in 15 years at Joe Gibbs Racing, and it's uh, that 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 hurt that hurt like as a Joe Gibbs Racing fan, that that really hurt uh, on Sunday. You know, I it didn't feel like a race day. Like I. I was looking forward to, you know, Kyle Busch's last race at JGR and his last race at M&M's, and I, I just couldn't. But it just – that really hurt me, like, as soon as they brought the news uh, that morning. Uh, it was very unfortunate. But uh, it, it, it just wasn't a good year all around. Yeah, you look at the passing of Coy this last weekend. and I mean, what a horrible situation all around. I can't imagine um, what Ty must be going through. I mean, the absolute highest of highs um, and the lowest of lows just the next morning. Um, but not only that, like you said, like Coy is listed as the owner of that 18 car. Um, a lot of teams do that. Um, if you guys ever look at the entry list for JRM, Junior doesn't own all four. He's got, um, you know, L.W. Miller and Kelly and, you know, they all own a, own a car. Um, and Coy was the owner of that 18 car, just like J.D. owned that 11. And 
for Coy to pass away the morning of Kyle's final race in that 18 car, kind of the end of the era. Um, is just, I mean, that's a horrible deal, you know, to, I mean, it, it, it feels like it, it didn't get finished out correctly. You know, it feels like you just tore the last chapter out of a book. Um, so a really somber moment this last weekend. Um, and again, I mean, thoughts and prayers go out to the Gibbs family. That's just a horrible situation. I can't imagine it for um, Ty and, you know, just all the family and Joe losing two kids like that. Um, yeah. Got to be super tough. Um, on track, I look, like you guys both mentioned, I'm just going to echo it, a lot of lows this season for Kyle on track. Um, even take out the final eight weeks of the year where he just seemed to be plagued with mechanical issues um, or pit stop issues. Um, I go back to Darlington where he had a super fast car. Um, and of course it did not end the way any of us expected. Um, Pocono, obviously that was another really tough one for Kyle fans. Um, just kind of this whole year has left, I don't really want to say a sour taste, but definitely a, a little bit of a bitter one um, as far as just the performance of Kyle. And, you know, we, we as Kyle fans, y'all have been through that before, but, you know, 2020 was kind of r- of rough year as well. Um, but hopefully, with the whole new slate, I think not having the off track distractions will definitely play into Kyle's favor this next year, especially going into an entirely new situation at RCR where he's going to have to, you know, have a clean slate and a clear mindset going forward to that. Um, let's go back to, let's rewind the clock here about 14, 15 years. Um, let's go back to pre JGR Kyle um, from his rookie season all the way up until the end of 2007. That was for me, Maybe not performance-wise, but that was peak personality, Kyle Busch. <clears throat> yeah. yeah, I mean, it's been – he was – I mean, he's named Rowdy for that reason because he's crazy. Yeah, uh, those those Hendrick days. So, I actually was only a Kyle Busch Hendrick fan for only uh, one season um, because I started – watching NASCAR in uh, late 2002 with uh, Terry Labonte when he was driving the five Kellogg's car. And then after he retired, I kind of like uh, fell away from the sport. I kind of just forgot about it. And then one night in 2007, we were flipping through the channels at my, uh, my grandparents' house. And I see the driver intros for the Budweiser shootout. And I'm like, wait, go back. I, I, I finally remember NASCAR now. So I want to watch this. And uh, I had to figure out who was in the five car at that time. And uh, they told me he's Kyle Busch. I said, okay, well, I guess I'm going to pull for him. Um, yeah, that Hendrick that that 2007 season was uh was wild. That's for sure. It wasn't uh it definitely wasn't as tough as uh this year was in his final year at Gibbs. Uh, but uh really, really, Kyle getting fired from Hendrick and uh, going to Joga's Racing was uh, a huge benefit for him personally. If you think about it, and I always go back to the Ron Hornaday incident in 2011. Yeah, when Kyle signed with Joga's Racing in 2008 through late 2011 he was still the way he is and then after that ron hornady incident joe finally uh, sat him down to say okay you you need to straighten out here because you just about lost your sponsor uh you just about lost your job so it's time to chill out exactly and uh yep and, and it, it woke kyle up and he became a much better person uh, he ended up having a kid uh two years later and uh he's he's a whole lot better man right now so that's one thing i'm very thankful for uh for joe is racing just uh maturing Kyle and uh, making him the man he is today. And, you know, one thing I want to add on, Dalton, that I did not even know until I watched the Rowdy documentary that was only in theaters that one night. 
I did not know he was really close friends, like with Ricky Hendrick, Rick Hendrick's son. Yeah, because he loved he loved Ricky Hendrick like a brother. And when he got killed in that plane crash, that's kind of what started the downfall of Kyle Busch at Hendrick Motorsports. Right. And then he started, and you know, all this personality change and all. And I'm like you, you know, in many ways, Dal- Dalton is. I remember sitting here right here in the living room watching it on this TV right behind me. TV right behind me, the same race when I think it was David Starr get real loose and he gets up into Kyle and Hornaday gets, you know, gets into the wall a little bit more than Kyle did. And it's obvious, I mean, obviously Hornaday is still a lot more torn up than compared to Kyle's car. And when he lost his temper, I'm screaming, don't do that, Kyle, don't do it. And he did it. And I was like, it was stupid. Did I just witness that? It was stupid. It was. And being honest, I mean, as a Kyle Busch fan, I've watched him, you know, from the – basically from the Hendrick days on up, and I've respected him because he was that one that, you know, that one driver, you know, that a lot of drivers today are not are so afraid to speak their minds because NASCAR is afraid to find them. But Kyle Busch, he tells it like it is. Even back then, he told it like it was. But the right. thing is – when he did that to Hornaday, my res- even though I was still a fan, my respect was at an all-time low for him, even though I was a fan. And I'm like, well, let's see how he rebounds from this. And lo and behold, he calmed himself down. Joe told him to knock it off, and look at, look at where he is today. Even though yep. he had the lowest of lows this year, this, this past season, he still got – I think Joe sat him down – along with a few others to get his mind right on where he needed to be in th- in this journey in NASCAR. Yeah. And I want to go back to that night real quick too. Like uh, I remember like I was in eighth grade that year and uh, I remember he was uh, still on probation for that year for uh, the Elliott Sadler incident at Bristol in the truck race there uh, for taking him out. Like he basically waited under, uh, under green for Elliott Sadler to come back around and he dumped him like right on the straightaway exiting two. And uh, I completely forgot about that he, that he was on probation, and that's really why he got suspended. But I remember watching that race, and uh, I saw the incident. I wasn't even mad because, like, his car wasn't even that torn up, and it was so early in the race. Like, like okay, just go out and get four tires, get back in. Like, it, everything's fine. And then as he was going up to Ron Hornet, I'm like, dude, what the hell are you doing? And, like, and then uh, he just turns him in the wall, destroys his truck. I'm like, dude, what the fuck was that? Like, you just costed – uh, you just costed a win. You costed uh, Ron Horday's uh, championship hopes. Um, it was it, it was beyond stupid. It just it wasn't smart at all. And I was actually scared right after that because I had no idea. Like again, I forgot about the whole him being under probation for the Bristol incident. And when all the news, like I, I mean, I knew he got suspended, and I'm like, well, well, this sucks. But then there's a lot more fallout after that because. Nobody knew if he was going to be able to race for the rest of the season. Uh, and then I was scared, like, oh, wait, were we really done for the rest of the year? Like, it's that serious? And luckily, you know, like, like he, he came back uh, the very next week. But then after that, Eminem started talking about uh, pulling out uh, for the rest of the season and beyond because they didn't want to sponsor Kyle anymore. And then that's when it scared the shit out of me. Like, because Kyle just about lost Eminem's right there. And I was like, dude, yeah, he has to chill out. Like, th- this has to be the end of – you know, 
that you know the, the asshole Kyle Bush pretty much. Like it, it has to come to an end right mm-hmm. now. And uh I'm thankful for Joe for that. He he sat him down, chilled him out, and uh they went on to uh win a lot more races and uh, two championships after that. So that you know, I mean regardless how fans felt this season of how, you know, Joe Gibbs racing may have treated him, uh you have to go back to that. You have to be thankful, you know, for that moment in time. Uh to get Kyle where he is and have him be the successful driver that he is today. We do have someone else joining us here. Um, we'll, we'll make some room here on the screen here for Chad Harrington, um, AKA Flagman Dixie SGA on Twitter. Um, how's it going, Chad? Hey, Chad. What's up? If you're talking, we can't hear you. All right, we'll let him. We'll let him figure it out a minute. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, pre uh, pre JGR Kyle, and then leading up to JGR Kyle. I mean, it was a great time to be a fan of the sport, um, especially a fan of Kyle. Um, around that time when Terry Labonte retired, I became a Kyle Busch fan because I was a Dale Jr. fan up until 2005 Daytona 500. When right before that, I learned of Kyle Busch driving this five car now. Um, So I got to, as a Kyle fan, experience his first win at Fontana, um, which at the time, if you all remember, he was the youngest winner in the history of the Cup Series. Um, I got to witness him and Kurt wreck each other in the All-Star race, which was nuts. Um, The first COT win where he got out and said the car drives like shit, essentially. I was at that race. Yeah. And, uh, (laughs) I mean, all the way up. Lucky you, Dalton. Um, (laughs) The first Toyota win in Atlanta which was awesome to see in that badass Snickers flames car. Yes. Um, you know, so a lot of good early Kyle memories kind of leading up to that Hornaday incident that we had discussed prior. Um, what kind of Chad you got us? Yeah, I finally got you. Oh, there we go. All right. Hell yeah. Um, what are, we'll like give your take on this. We're talking Kyle Bush pre and early JGR. What do you remember about Kyle in that time, like 2005 to around 2011? I would say he was definitely uh, one of those guys that trying to make a name for himself, it was like over-aggressive, let's speak our mind and don't care about whatever. And, you know, it's almost like he sort of disrespected the elders of the sport at some point and – you know, he learned a lot of lessons due to it. So I can't really say that it was a bad thing because that's when I started liking him as a driver. And that was because that at that point that became my fan favorite because of the fact that he was pretty much well outspoken. And it reminded me of how I used to drive at a slot car track too. You know, he didn't give a crap, didn't give a shit. He, he was you know, balls to the wall, flat out. If he had to qualify for 200 laps, by God, he was qualifying for 200 laps. It didn't matter if he was going to tear the right side off or what. His car might have been shit, but he was going to give it hell for 200 laps. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, And, I mean, we'll get into the what we know is the Kyle Busch rule with the Xfinity Series here in, in just a little bit when we talk about his Busch Series career. Um, there's also another Kyle Busch rule, and around that same time it was implemented because he was 16 years old. They were talking about him running in a NASCAR Busch Series race, 
And that then led to the rule of having to be 18 years old to run a lot of these races. Um, so there's, there's two Kyle Busch rules. Um, one of them is preventing teenagers from currently running in the, the top couple divisions in NASCAR. Well, I mean, even that, did it not get uh, rolled back to where the trucks you could be 16? Yeah, I think you just have to be, you just have to earn but, your license, so to speak, to run the bigger tracks but, first. You know, that was well after Kyle had done his duty and some of these guys actually showed promise at the age of 16 versus, you know, just because you're Kurt's little brother don't mean you can come in here and drive a race car kind of deal. Yeah, exactly. Um, we look forward into Kyle's career, not necessarily forward, about the same time frame he opened up KBM, Kyle Busch Motorsports, uh, in the truck series. Their first race was in 2010. Um, and they are still ongoing. And then he opened up the Xfinity series that we remember the few years that he ran that 54 car in the Bush series um, from 2011 to 2013. Um, that was a pretty cool time. The opening of KBM, obviously we had that big issue with Hornaday um, in their second season. But what, what do you guys remember from KBM early truck days and Xfinity days? Well, well I'm going to go ahead and say, Go ahead, Chad. Go ahead. Uh, the 54 from when he was having to do it his own self, you know, he was buying chassis and then having to do whatever it was. And he felt his own stuff was not, uh, I guess, inferior to everybody else's stuff. And he wasn't getting the same stuff that he should have been. And that right there goes back to your technical alliance stuff and everything. He should have had the same chassis that the AGRs, Xfinity teams was and everything, but they were not doing him that way with his because he was Kyle Busch and he was already started with the truck team and it had already made it a winner, you know? So um, there we finally get to see the discrepancies that actually led up to the fact of the way that front row motorsports was bound to just get out because it cost so much and that's i think that kind of stuff right there with the 54 and the bush series at that time was what led to the demise of kyle wanting to run his own xfinity team go ahead ashton all right now my foot you know you know, as far as, you know, early KBM days and Xfinity days, my take, you know, is like you, Chad, yours, Chad. I mean, he didn't have the inferior equipment as far as the early days, the Xfinity days of KBM. And he didn't really do all that well. But as far as trucks and all, he did pretty well. I will say this, considering, you know, the equipment he had in the trucks. But Xfinity, he did, I, get, I'm, I, I guess because he didn't have that technical alliance with Joe Gibbs racing and all. And speaking of KBM, I got that right there the other day, custom made. Oh, you Ryan son Eckler. of a bitch. <laughs> you son of a bitch. I want that shit. Oh, I got I, I got more Holy Grail cars now than I've ever thought of having, including right over here, the double sweep to both sweep sets now. Oh, come on, dude. I, I've been – well, I, no, actually, no. I gave up on the 2010 sweep set. I can't find that shit anywhere. Oh, yeah? What do you see this one? Indiana Jones and both Homestead wins and the fantasy okay. scheme? 
I do have uh, Indiana Jones. I do I do have the Indiana Jones at both championships, but not that fantasy of an M's car. That's the only one I don't have. Oh, dude, I had a hard time trying to find that one for years. I really like that particular scheme. But getting back on subject, getting back on subject, he. I have to be honest with you. His, he did really good. I mean, considering the fact that the big highlight for uh, is, is, as far as expanded career is concerned is the 09 championship with Joe Gibbs. To me, that's really in my personal light before he started getting really, you know, the antsiness got really kicked up. I would personally say that's when we started seeing the forecoming of the Kyle we know today. Yes, he still had that attitude where he smashed that guitar at Nashville, which to me, that was really cool. At first, I didn't care for it, but looking back, you got to think, though, it's one of the big highlights that sticks in your head, regardless of how, if you like it or don't like it. And, and you think, but, too, that it could be one of those turning points because of the way the artist Sam Bass said something about how he destroyed that one-of-a-kind piece of artwork. I -hmm. think that was one of the things that got him to where he was on the, on the turning page of the change in his mentality and the way that he spoke to people and the way that he acted outside of the car. Of course, he had probably another 10 different changes throughout the years after that. But I think that was one of the turning points because of the way that, that one artist who is a legend in his own right, Mr. Sam Bass, said. Yes. When Yes, and I have to agree with you a thousand percent, Chad. And go ahead, Dalton. <clears throat> well, so the Xfinity in the truck series days in, uh, in the early days were really fun. Uh, lots and lots of wins, especially in the Xfinity and Nationwide series, but Really, as a Cowboys fan, like, I mean, I got excited for the Xfinity wins and the truck wins, but Sundays were the ones that always mattered the most. Like, I mean, I would always celebrate an Xfinity win, of course, but it'd be like, uh, uh, oh, yeah, cool, we got it. Like, okay, now let's go get Cub. Like, that's that's more important to me. Um, so, yeah, 2009, that full-time season was uh, lots of fun. Uh, that, that Nashville uh, that Nashville win was uh, definitely memorable. I even made a damn T-shirt out of that. Um, what's up? It's, and speaking of, that happened to be my birthday weekend. Oh, was it? You know that. It, yes, matter of fact, I played like I saw like you know chiming in on you know a little bit. Make a long story short, I saw the article that NBC NASCAR on NBC put out that they were going to return to Nashville Super Speedway, but they didn't specify the date yet. Mm-hmm. And when I kept watching out for the date, and that date was on the weekend of the seventeenth, the eighteenth. My birthday is on the, June seventeenth. But yeah. from the 18th through the 20th is when they had the, you know, you know, the races and qualifying and all. Well, I'm the only one in my section. I was there for that. I was there for that. I didn't wear my suit at that time. I'm wait, wait, wait for the uh, Sunday race to do that. But I, everybody was – there's these g- group of Chase Elliott fans that had that thing of Chase Elliott where he's saying F Kyle Bush, you know, with a middle finger like this. Yeah. You know what? That and the only time they were chanting the, the Atlanta Braves chant, "F Kyle Bush." Now I went. I kept snickering. I kept <laughs> snickering at those guys. No pun intended. But but to, but here's the thing though. Oh, 
You got that right. No pun intended. You got that right. You got that right. But getting back on that, the ordeal. I remember them him being having a big lead, and all of a sudden the caution comes out, and I think it was a green white checkered, if I remember correctly. Yeah. It, it, well, I just remember out of nowhere, like, okay, please get this restart because all guys were starting to catch up to him at oh, that yeah. point. And all of a sudden they, they take off. I'm like, come on, Kyle, come on, Kyle. And he start, his lead starts increasing. And I said, we got to get to the white flag. We got to get to the white flag. We got to get to the white flag. My pops is right there next to me. He's like, Ashton, just shut up. <laughs> And he's like, we got to get the white flag. We got to get the white flag. We got to get the white flag. And they take the white flag. And all of a sudden, there's a crash in turn one at the end of the, at the, end of the tail of the field. And I'm like, I'm watch, watching the, for, for the fence because I'm right in front of a caution lot where see it flashing. All of a sudden, I'm like, I see Kyle still coming in turn three. I'm like, they're still racing. <laughs> I'm like, come on, Kyle. One car link, two car links. Come on, get your checkered flag and 100th win. And I screamed. I screamed up to the point where my voice cracked. And that never happens. That one was nerve-wracking, dude. Like, Because I, uh, I knew Justin Allgaier like, had a better car than he did. And I had a friend of mine that's also a fellow Kyle Busch fan. Now, now I, thought, I mean, you know how people will have an Instagram of their cats and all like I do with mine with Sunshine and Cookie. Yeah. Well, there's an Instagram of a cat of a cat that I follow named Rowdy Bush the Cat. What? I've come, I, I mean, I don't know the. Yeah, I'll send I'll send you a, I'll send you a screenshot of of that of it, Dalton. Okay. But um, but she named her oldest cat the uh, this cat lady that has uh, a bunch of cats. She named her oldest one Rowdy, Rowdy Bush the Cat. Yes. Yeah, and and we talk all. I mean, during race days, we will talk. All they like you watching. They're like, yeah, we're, I'm watching. And we're like, whoa, what a wreck or something, you know, something like that. I remember being there. And all of a sudden, she's blowing up my phone, hundred hundred emoji, and all these confetti emojis in a text message. And I said, he did it, he did it, and they're like, yeah, he did it, all right. I'm like, and all of a sudden, it clicked in my mind, like, oh, I'm here for this milestone. Oh my gosh! Right. And I'm like, oh my god, it's just it just blew my mind, and and bec- and because they were you know a little loose you know about people going down the fence while I was you know it being interviewed, I went down the fence and I'm cl- clutched on this cable like this, and there's a microphone right above my head, boom mic. And I'm like, you the goat, you the goat, just like that. I mean, it was just the greatest feeling. So don't you? I mean, say- I've ever. You said you it's didn't just count so great. the bush and the truck wins near as much as cup wins, and I get it, right? Yeah, you know, it, money comes out on Sunday, but damn, it's got to feel cool looking back at 102 Xfinity wins, knowing that no one's ever going to touch that record. Oh, exactly, uh, and, and and not to and not to mention he swept that entire season in 2021 as far as Xfinity is concerned. Yep. Yeah, I got the, I got the five piece diecast to prove it on the wall. I, I still got to get that. I've got, uh, I've got both. I've got the uh, the five piece diecast and the big stuff behind me as well. But so I don't. Before well, I know this stuff actually hit this year, <laughs> you know, if he would have quit Joe Gibbs and just went to race in his truck, he would have been the first person I believe ever to win the truck, the 
Xfinity and the Cup title. But not only that, would he have done it if he would have done it and stayed affiliated with Toyota? He would have done it all with the same manufacturer. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah, you talk about untouchables. But he is, um, but he is going to do it. Like once his cup career is over, like he's going to do a trucks full time with him by himself, and then uh, when Braxton comes up. Right, but the cool part and potentially Lennox too. Toyota she decides to fall suit. Wouldn't be doing the same thing, you know, because it'll probably be in a Chevy instead of a Toyota. But that would have been real cool because if you think about it, Toyota would have been able to brag about that part. Oh, yeah. For sure. The the immense bragging rights comes with a foreign nameplate being the first to do that in NASCAR. Um, Because all three of the championships. We're kind of losing you there, Chad. So far as in a Toyota. <laughs> we kind of lost you there for a minute in the middle. Kind of losing you there, Chad. Uh, he's still, uh, well, he's, I'll he's it looks like he's. I think it's. I think it's bandwidth lagging. It could be. It Your could house be looks phone. beautiful, Chad. Though. Well, it is what it is, being fresh back from Miami. So there you go. Now, see, it was a lot, war- it was a lot warmer. I don't want to hear shit about it not being warm. It's still warm here. Man, it's fucking cold. It's here. pretty warm here in Alabama too. Like it, it's gonna be in the seventies like all week, and then on Saturday immediately goes to the forties. Man, it's and then Sunday warm. morning here, it's supposed to get down to twenties. Here. What? What the yep. fuck? Yeah. Yeah. Now Sunday morning. That's you fucked up, dude. You poor creature. It's crazy. <laughs> it, it is. I hear him trying to cut in. We're gonna jump forward here while he's uh he's catching up. I want y'all to kick it off because I got a piece. I'm gonna jump out for about thirty seconds. Um, I want to know each of your top three favorite. 18 schemes. Doesn't have to be M&M's. Any number 18 scheme. Oh, shit. This is going to be a good one. Oh, uh, man. Dalton, why don't you kick it off? All right. There's so much uh, to root for. I'm looking at my case up here. Um, I want to say uh, this is not really going to be in order. I'll was, I was just get name three. Uh, the Delvement uh, scheme with the Silver Flames or the Green Flames. Uh, M&M's Crispy and uh, Transformers M&M's. Yeah, here's my three. I mean, I've got so many different ones, like literal different ones. But I'm definitely going to have to go with the Indiana Joneses for starters. Um, another one I like real well, looking, you know, based off what you know what's behind me. Definitely the 2015 championship scheme. Right. And obviously because I was there to witness that win, the, even though it's not 18, it's still Joe Gibbs racing the 54 M&Ms, even though it's the core M&Ms, it's something that I was there for my birthday and got to witness in person that particular win. All right. So basically that's, so basically that's my three. 
I mean, it's no particular order, Dalton, but, you know, like you, Dalton, but still, those are my main three. Yeah. Did it transform? But some that's not. Now, I will admit this, like, like, I do have a couple honorable mentions. I don't mean to interrupt, but I definitely love the NOS scheme from 2017 in the expanding. That was a standout. Yeah. I'm going to use that as an honorable mention as the top three. I want you give me three Kyle Bush. You give me three picks of Kyle Bush schemes. I want Indiana Jones number one. I want the OG Eminem's pretzel number two with that little orange stripe on it. Um, oh, oh the, the orange uh, diamond plates. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, man, and then I want that double mint one with the green flames. That one was that one. Oh, was those crazy. are good. Shout out double mint one good time. Chad, we got you back here. Not close. Yeah, there we I, I go. think we are good, but That's I actually better. had to come and come and grab mine. I love oh. the throwback. Oh yes, and you know, talking about throwbacks, I wish they did the Ken Schrader one from like two thousand one or something like that for the final throwback scheme. But the Ernie Irvin one w- will do, though. Yeah, yeah, and I always thought, being this is. Ashton's jacket. I always thought this Snickers was probably one of the best looking ones. Yeah. Now, to me, you know, as far as Snickers schemes, I love the one in Atlanta, no way, but one I really liked, you know, seeing Kyle run in Atlanta in his 500 start, believe it or not. I think it was the Snickers Creamy. I like that one now, as far as the Snickers schemes. But not many people's got this one. Oh my God! You son of God! The prelude—that's a pretty damn cool one. Wait, do we? We are still uh, undefeated uh, prelude to the Dream Champions <laughs> since 2012. Hey, that's what matters. Yep. Oh, so, <laughs> I pulled I really the wish, holy grail out myself, didn't I? I wish Eminem's would come back. You definitely. And sponsor- and sponsor Kyle. You definitely did. I, mine's are now fossils compared to yours. <laughs> yeah, but Dalton, you ain't ever seen all of this stuff, have you? I was on the show. Uh, I mean, last I have. Yeah, I was on the show last Wednesday, and uh, uh, Alex was. Uh, that was his background right there. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Holy, holy. It is. It I is, can't get over. I, I mean, I've seen it before, but I've, I mean, I just can't get over the fact of that. You got a bunch. I want to learn how to build a track right there. Like the, I've always wanted to do one. Well, oh, speaking of there, Dalton, that track right Speaking there, of Dalton, there's yeah. a guy that does like all this hobby stuff with NASCAR. He's got an actual track built in his basement, an actual trap. I think it's called Bare Hands Speedway. That's on Instagram. I yeah, follow I that thing. He's like, we're in the middle of a rain delay, and we'll go back to this here shortly. But in the meantime, just enjoy the jet dryer. And it, it shows a jet dryer to pretend to blow that stuff off the moisture off the track, which is really cool, considering the fact that it's just a handmade racetrack. But it makes it he makes it look so real. Yeah, yeah. like I, I wonder how much money he spends in that thing. Uh, there's no probably enough. I mean, I've had mine since 1994. What? Yes. So that's how long I've had mine. And some of these die casts go back to 88. 
Whoa. Yes. I mean, you can just tell because when when I say as old school, this is one of the very first ones that they came out with. AJ Foyt. Hey, my dad's got that one. And look at how ugly the one front of the is. only few drivers that would cross reference from IndyCar to NASCAR and be successful at it. So, I mean, with what Bay Ren's done, that's what I'm about to do with mine. I'm about to get a five foot by 10 foot table and the entire basement. I'm going to rearrange the basement down here. And I'm going to build it up and put a true racetrack on it. And it'll be a five foot by 10 foot race table. And as you saw, you know, we did it on the 36 hours. We actually had a race down here. We raced when Colton was here in the house. That's it's goals. addictive. That's goals. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it is. And that is something like his room down there. Do, like cameras and stuff do not do it justice. Like you got to go, you got to go see it. And you're over in LaGrange, may I ask Chad? Yes. Grange, Georgia. Okay. Yep. I, every now and then I play floorball. I sure play enough. floorball every now and then. And some of our games do go to LaGrange as far as a friendly between the Birmingham Balkans and the, the, the club of uh, LaGrange. If I'm ever down there, I'll down there again. I'm by myself. I'll hit you up. Well, yeah, do that. I mean, we. I'll I'll give you the address at that point. And let you come over here, and uh, just make sure that you got nine one one as a medic, because I'm gonna video you coming into the room, so that you, when you decide that you're gonna check it out, that if you faint, have yeah. a heart attack or something, we've got somebody here to resuscitate you. <laughs> oh man i'll tell you a funny story i'll tell you a funny story oh my god holy cow dude <laughs> now i will tell you a brief story about kyle bush myself and kyle bush here real quick I always now when I was growing up, I always wanted to meet the guy. Growing up, always wanted to meet the guy. He's always have been, always more than likely, always will be until he retires. Be my all-time favorite driver. Well, the fiftieth <laughs> running of the Snowball Derby, he was in the on the entry list because the Snowball Derby is a big late mile race, as y'all may know. Oh yeah, the granddaddy of the mile well, for dirt late. I mean, super late mile asphalt. Yes, and matter of fact, he ended up winning that night. And you know, Colton and Chad, you know this, but Dalton, you may you you may know, but then again, you may not know. Is I always feared if I was to see him face to face, I would faint. And I came awful close. Like what it is, they'll have like a big breakfast for like former champions and all, and you have to have a VIP pass and all. Well, they also had a private meet and greet for Kyle Bush fans and all. That he sticked around for. But as he was getting ready, he walked right by me and said, Hey, Kyle, how are you doing? He said, Hey, hey, man, I had one of his nicer championship shirts on. Anyway, you know what? I like that shirt. He, he said, I like that shirt, kid, because I was about like 18, 19 years old at that time. He's like, I like that shirt, kid. I was like, 
<gasps> oh God, you speak to me. Just like that, like the biggest fanboy over there. And I'll never forget this. When he came across the, you know, the the line to win that race, because it was the 50th run, he ended up winning it. Pops had to cover both his ears because I'm squealing like a pig at that point. I was so ecstatic. And then when they allowed like all the because see, you know how late model races, they'll go down, you'll go, you get to go down the victory lane and all, unlike NASCAR. Well, I skedaddled, grabbed my stuff, and I skedaddled down there as quickly as I could. And luckily enough, I was one of the first ones down there before they shut everything down, you know, for everybody in the seats. Well, when I did, they backed up and asked one of his crew members. I was, you know, walking by, you know, taking pictures of everybody. I said, hey, where's he going? Because, you know, he said, we're going to the tech, going tech area. I said, are fans allowed down there? I said, there's a section sectioned off down in the fans area, but be quick down there if you want to get a spot, which I did. Well, Kyle had, had already parked his, stu- his stuff, and he walked out of the bathroom of this Porta John. And as a person with mild autism, I always wear like a medical bracelet on my wrist in case something were to happen to me. Well, he notices it and says, come here a minute. And he gets his PR with, you know, to escort us both to a secluded area near his hauler. And he said, and he gives me a stat, sign hero card I posted in that rowdy bunch group as, as that Dalton and I are a part of. And we talked for probably, you know, it, the PR gives us, his PR gives us some time. And we, we talked for probably about maybe 20 or 30 minutes just talking, like all four of us. And then I asked him, you know, sign my hat, sign my program and all before he had to go. I asked him if he had any die casts and all in his hauler. He said, no, but if I did, I'd give you one for free. And and then as I went to get a selfie, as he ha- literally had to go at that point, I said, before you go, can I get a selfie? He said, sure. Rise, I, I mean, we, this is probably about maybe an hour, hour and a half after the race. Pops is out in the behind the grandstands. In the car park, won't know what's going on. So, so the moment I get a selfie like this with him, phone rings, my phone crashes. I'm like, I've mean mugged the far out of my grandfather. But then, but luckily enough, I was able to get that, finally get that elusive picture he and I at Atlanta. And speaking of at Atlanta, you know how I wore that suit and all? Yeah. Yep. I did not know this until Dalton sent me this a picture. And it's a picture of Getty Images that Getty Images took of me. How ironic is that? Because this is after he had read Ross Chastain triggered the big one. And they had put part of the suspension hole, grill tape on a trash can behind the pit box. And I asked one of his pit crew members, are you going to have, are y'all going to reuse this? They said, no, you can have it if you want. I was like, I grabbed that thing at Harvey and asked the, Green flag dropped to restart the race. I'm like, watching them go by. The, they snapped that shot at me. Like if I was mean mugging the camera guy. And that's what everybody thought. was like, he mean mugging that camera guy. He's a thief and all. I'm like, no, I was watching the car go by. No, Because that's how I watch the races. Like I'm so, so zoned out like. Yeah, I mean, I mean I'm, that's how I'm so zoned out. When I'm watching the get, the races, I'm like. Zoned out like just 
kind of in, my, in a zone outlook, if you know what I mean. Just so many different stories about Kyle Busch and, you know, where I met Kyle Busch in Atlanta and at Pensacola, Five Flags Speedway. But the one at Five Flags Speedway stands out the most. I, mean, I even asked him about, you know, about his interviews and stuff, which obviously, Colt, you told us we'll get to that in a minute. As far as his interviews are concerned, I asked him, how, how do you feel about, you know, doing all these interviews and stuff? He said, I hate those things. <laughs> that was his exact words. I hate doing those TV interviews. Because I, 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 this is what I asked him. I said, Kyle, I don't mean to sound rude or nothing, but you seem a lot more down to earth than you do on TV. And he said, son, I just don't like doing those interviews. Was my his exact words. You can tell they some asked some of the stupidest questions, like like that one at Las Vegas. He's like, "I'm sure so I don't get fined." I can see where he's coming from on that. How annoyed he was. You got to look at it this so. way: in the heat of the moment in the racing and everything. The first thing they do when you get out of the car is stick a camera and a mic in your face. You got to meet him an hour and a half, or an hour after, or an hour before, which makes mm -hmm. a ton I mean, you know, at that point in time, it's just like going to going to a dirt track and you're actually seeing some of these folks. Yeah, this is a completely wow. different atmosphere of driver, you know. Um, looking forward into Kyle's career this, this last season, we kind of did recap 2022 um, as far as the highs and lows for the 18 team. Um, but – all good things must come to an end. And Kyle will be leaving JGR to head for Richard Childress Racing. Um, what are kind of some of your guys' expectations for him in these next coming years? Um, and then obviously Kyle isn't going to drive forever. Um, he's not Superman. He's mortal like the rest of us. Um, so what do you guys hope that Kyle's legacy will be when he eventually does um, decide to quit full-time cup racing here in these next coming years? Well, first and foremost, I do want to say that, you know, with RCR coming on board, I'm definitely going to say he's going to be a bit more of a contender as far as the Daytona 500, that elusive trophy. Yeah. That's been, he's been trying for years. I think he's going to be a great contender for that compared to all the other equipment that JGR has. And, and but as far like as, you know, his future. And you got go like several, like a bunch of Chevrolet drivers that you can team up with now because. And the Toyotas and the Sears Vways, you're outnumbered. Now you got a lot more Chevrolets to work with now. So that's definitely going to be an advantage. Yes. And plus, not to mention, you know, as far as, you know, him retiring full, full time from cup racing, I can definitely see him running a few more Xfinity and truck races before he passes his torch on to Brex. It's basically what I see. But I can definitely see him winning at least. One to two Daytona 500s, if not more. And then maybe about like three to four more championships at the least. That's what I see. Yeah, Don, what you got? I'm thinking that it's going to be hard for another championship. Granted, RCR's got pretty decent stuff and they've got a good handle on the next gen car but when it comes to overall performance 
Kyle can do wonders. He's just like his brother, you know. Kurt did wonders when he was bouncing around to underfunded teams as well. I mean, there's just certain to the t- some things that he can bring to the table and certain things that nobody else can, which will help make a team that much better. You know, in that same regards, when you're looking at Richard Childress Racing, you look at Dale Earnhardt. His cars were so far behind the times, but yet he could drive them with the best of anybody and get more out of his cars than anybody else. I I see that as Kyle going to RCR now. He's going to do the same thing. Now, I see him on a one to two race wins per year for however long it is before he actually hangs it up. I don't see him winning six or eight or ten of them like he could have in his prime. He is getting to the backside, and there's a lot more hungry guys that are younger than him right now. And the old DW adage to it, too, you know, the older you get, the more you know you shouldn't, even though you know you need to to keep up. You know, your old mind and your old body says, you can't do it. You got to lift. And the next thing you know, here you are, you're flying through there. And you you need to not lift like all of these younger cats are. You know, that's that's the difference in what Ross Chastain brings to track house, right? But his truck team will be up to par by any standard because he does not take losing for a for a secondary word. You know, and I expect him to win a bunch in those, even though it's gonna be for Chevrolet. Um don't know if he'll ever grace us with a third RCR Xfinity ride, but it's possible. You never know what's really going to happen there. Somebody might pay enough to see him in the next year or two, but he's liable to win one or two races that he has not been able to win. And restrictor plate races, now what you would consider plate tracks, not restrictor plate, but, you know, that sort of thing, I think he is get to one or two more. Yeah, and I do want to welcome AJ in here. Um, you were sitting in the lobby for a minute before I popped you in. Um, so apologize if you were sitting for too long. I didn't quite notice you there. No, it's um, all right. I, I, like, just got home, so it's all so good. You, um, thank you for jumping in as Chad drops his phone. Um, so give us a little insight. We're we're kind of wrapping up, going to the um, the end of Kyle's uh, reign with JGR and more into the future of RCR and kind of what our expectations are. But come, kind of um, assuming you're a rowdy fan, um, what are a couple of, course, of your favorites? You got your shirt on today. There you go. Perfect. Kicking ass. Um, tell us a little bit about you and then kind of some of your favorite rowdy moments um, kind of up until the end of this year. Well, uh, hi, everyone. I'm AJ. I'm from Tampa, Florida. So I used to live about two hours away from Daytona International Speedway. Never went to a race there, though. But when I was eight, we moved up to Charlotte, North Carolina. And we moved in, like, April of 2011. So do the math. I'm 19 now. Um, a couple weeks after we moved up to North Carolina, uh, my my dad and my brother were both pretty big NASCAR fans at the time. My dad was an old Darrell Waltrip fan, and my brother was a – Tony Stewart fan, but they turned on the race that was on that Saturday night. It just so happened to be the inaugural Kentucky race. 
And I yeah. eight-year-old me noticed that the M&M's car was winning that race. And I'm like, man, what a cool, cool car. I grew up, I grew up with a pretty special relationship with M&M's because that's what growing up, whenever I would sit still for the Christmas card photos that my family did when I was growing up, my mom would always give me like a couple of mini M&M's. So I, eight-year-old me knew what M&M's were. So I said, well, let's hope the M&M's car wins just because I like it. And woke up the very next morning to find out that indeed Kyle Busch had won it. And so from that point on, a uh, little kid me started rooting for Kyle for that reason alone. I did eventually hear about all, you know, the temperatures that Kyle had, what with Hornaday and, um, you know, Richard Childress, all that. But I still supported him. Like I got not one, but two cardboard cutouts of him on the other side of the screen. I got countless race win 124 diecast. Now, like there's a lot that I've invested into Kyle Busch's likeness because that Eminem sponsorship, I really feel like is a really big iconic part of NASCAR. Like, like I just, like I just said, the whole reason I became a Kyle Busch fan was because of Eminem's. Like I imagine that's gotta be the testament of a lot of kids that were raised in NASCAR. And so uh, as I got older, uh, 2015 happened I vividly remember seeing the Daytona crash from that year and like just sitting in the middle of a restaurant, just almost 12 year old me was bawling my eyes out, going to cry myself to sleep that night. But then he went on to win the championship that year. And, and it's just like, Holy crap. How did Kyle do that when he was at that point where he was in February and his wife pregnant and all that. And so that's when I really saw, Kyle Busch for the talent that he is. And so from that point on, I've always been a big fan of, you know, his, um, I don't know if villain persona is the right word, but definitely, definitely anti-hero. And I really, I'm really happy to see what, what he'll do with RCR. Really feel like JGR has treated him like a bullcrap the last couple of years. So, yeah. Fucking A. Dalton, what you got? <clears throat> so, uh, like, expectations, right, for next year? Um, right. Sure. Well, yeah. Go ahead. All right. So, well, well uh, he won the championship in 2015, went three years, won another championship. Well, it's been three years since his last championship, so trends are saying he might win next year. Just saying. Hopefully. But You got a point there. But for me, um, Kyle just has to take a step up next year. Like, he has to. Because I feel like this is going to define how the rest of his his career is going to go. He's got to get back to uh, winning about three to four races a year like he used to. Uh, I think those eight-win seasons, I I think those are done. I think he's never going to have any of those again. Maybe one more, but none after that. Um. No more round of sixteen eliminations. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm good. I I think Kyle's gonna make sure that never happens again. Uh, Got to start competing for championships too. I, I I just don't think there's any excuse for that uh, either. I mean, at least make it to the round of eight. If you make it to the round of eight and you make it to the championship four, we're competing for a championship. And if you don't mm-hmm. make the championship four, then it is what it is. Try again next year. But and I don't think I think this is all 
something that not a lot of people really noticed about the last couple of years of Kyle's tenure with JGR. It, it's the way JGR treated him like crap this year. I've noticed it goes even as far back as 2019, a year where he won the championship. But a lot of people like to conveniently forget that he went 21 races winless between the first Pocono and Homestead. Meanwhile, Denny Hamlin and Martin Truex Jr. both visit Victory Lane four times each just in that span alone. So you kind of think that JGR is having some of that four-car team syndrome, for lack of a better term, where they just get tend to give the better equipment to one or two drivers and then the rest get the experimental stuff, which as, as successful of a driver that Kyle Busch is, you know, I can understand one given the experimental equipment, but like, not for as long as they were. Like, you could kind of see that they were eventually planning on oosting him. And, you know, now that now that a lot of stuff has come out about his situation with JGR, I'm, I'll be honest, I'm kind of glad he's leaving JGR now. That, that's a good point right there. And, you know, one thing I want to add about Joe Gibbs racing, you know, Denny Hamlin, I might, I might not be a fan of his, but he can will will wheel a car but not like Kyle can and that's just me and my honest opinion but here's my thing Denny Hamlin's been there the longest and every time he's been into the championship four or even contender championship he chokes I figured he would get ousted first before Kyle for the longest time turns out I was wrong Colton you're muted (laughs) say FedEx pays a lot of bills man they pay a lot of money Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, obviously, with it being a government service. Yeah. Well, I don't. I just. I just don't know that candy money can match the uh, yep. some mail money. You know. I just. I think yeah, that's a but bit I mean, you, you get the idea, though. Right. Right. No. Exactly. Um, <clears throat> Actually, guys- if government money surpasses candy money, then it kind of makes you wonder why FedEx is still in NASCAR when UPS left. <laughs> yeah, and not to mention, you know, the National Guard and the Air Force and all those sponsorships, too. Mm-hmm. Well, UPS left, but they're nothing to do with the United States government. They are their own separate right. entity like FedEx. Well, that is FedEx, true, but... What they, what, what they are getting for the buck and the number of wins out of Denny Hamlin and JGR is a lot more than UPS got from Robert Yates and therefore then tailored over to Michael Walter Racing and they got out of it because it was a they were doing it a bad investment wise. Yeah, yeah, and like Alex said, um Denny just Denny's got a Denny's got a shit done. <laughs> it's not even funny. Denny's almost Oprah rich. Um, <laughs> and that's that's a shit ton of money. Um, so what what do we think? Because eventually Kyle is going to hang up the helmet. Um, what are y'all hoping out of him? I know Dalton, you said probably no more eight win seasons. I get that. Um, where where are we looking at as far as an overall legacy for Kyle? And what do you guys hope maybe reflects the win column at the end of his career? Well, for me. You know, as far as, you know, his win column and all, I can see him matching Dale Earnhardt, if not Gordon or Johnson, one of those three. But as far as cup wins are concerned, now obviously he does have 
over 200 wins across all three, but I'm here, here I'm talking about Cup. I mean, I'm not one of those people that'll throw that asterisk on that on that 200 stuff because that's he got all those, you know, rightfully and all. Just bump to that, Dalton. Yeah. But um, one thing I will say this about, you know, his win column, I can see him matching debt either Earnhardt, Gordon, or Johnson, one of the, you know, one of the three, if not surpassing them, but not quite enough as far as cup wins, as far as, you know, Pearson or Petty. But I do see him getting at least, at least five to six championships, though, before he hangs his, ha- his helmet up. And that's in cup. Eek. And obviously, you know, with all the stuff he's done, you know, for Xfinity, Truck, and even Cup, Cup and all, I could definitely see him going. He's he's going to go in the Hall of Fame, a thousand percent. He's going to go in the Hall of Fame. There's no there's no doubt about that. There's yeah, yeah. Um, for me, I would like for one Daytona 500 and one more championship. That's that's all I'm asking for. And uh, I want to say, I'm here, Dalton, by the way, and, and to pass the on hard too, just to piss off all the senior uh, fans. <laughs> the hell is that? <laughs> Well, I do have a couple things in mind. I don't know how much they would relate to success, but obviously you want to see Kyle get as many as many more wins and championships as possible. It's funny. I actually met him this past weekend at the Charlotte Roval. Uh, Joe Gates Racing had their fan day in, out in the Charlotte fan zone. And I says to Kyle, hey, you think, I know Richard Childress said no to the three-car in Cub, but maybe you could run the three-car in Xfinity for a race. Because Jeffrey Earnhardt did run that car earlier this year, and I sort of had to Kyle, remind Kyle of that, but he still kind of chuckled whenever I mentioned that. <laughs> and then, and then once he does retire in Cup, he's got a he's got championships in Cup and Xfinity. He doesn't have a drivers' championship in Truck yet. So if he ever retires from Cup, I'm hoping he races a season in Trucks, be that first driver to get championships in all three series. And, you know, AJ, you know, you just, you know, caused a brainstorm in my mind. You know how Jeffrey Earnhardt raced at Talaga? Because Talaga is so well known as, you know, it's known as Earnhardt country and Allison country because mm-hmm. the Allisons are part of the Alabama gang and all that and the other. Mm-hmm. Well, the thing about it, I can definitely see him, you know, if he does do successful at the plate races and all, if not short tracks and all, he, I can definitely see him getting in that black three. But then again, as you know, what Kyle's known for is pissing off all the fans doing certain stuff. But you know what? Just like me, Dalton, and you too, AJ. And you know, as far as you know, you know, you know, we 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 Kyle Bush fans feed off that stuff. We like yeah, feel the love, as you you know, pro- y'all probably you probably saw before, Dalton. That's why he does that famous bow. You know. Yep. Yeah, or I mean, it's going to sound childish to say this, but live rent free in that their heads, Uh rent free. Could you you imagine if he did do that and showed up with an exact replica of the driver's suit, 
the sunglasses, the hat, and grew the, the mustache. mustache. The mustache. Oh my god! Oh my so god! Much. I could see that happening at Darlington. Believe it or not. Oh my yes. god! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's already been replicated on an eight car once or twice before. Yeah. It, yeah. That was on the eight of um. Earnhardt Jr. when he was with Bud. I think that was in the 070 before they started debuting year. the chart car tomorrow. That's true. Mm-hmm. Last year at the I, Texas Fall Race. Oh, yeah, that's right. That one where mm-hmm. Kyle had that famous laugh of... <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh, yes. Y'all don't know how many memes I've been able to make with that clip. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm just going to let y'all roll for a minute if y'all got anything. In. I mean, that was that was a good little couple minutes of TV right there. <laughs> oh, yes. And, you know, Colton, you know, want to chime in here and, you know, change you know the subject up a little bit. I got a question for all you guys. What is y'all's favorite, as far as media is concerned, you know, Kyle Bush interview, what is y'all's favorite, you know, famous Kyle Bush versus the media moments that y'all got? You know, you know just want to add that in there, Colton. Favorite media moments? Yeah, like interviews, like post race interviews, yeah. or you know, stuff like that. I definitely think the origin of KFB is up there. Yeah, you know how were you able to save that car, KFB? Um, yep, that one's up there. Um, I really like. Um, I don't know, just some of the short interviews. Um, like I think no Loud- comment. No comment. Loud- yeah, no comment was a good no one. Comment. Uh loud and after it uh everything's great last year. That one was that one was a pretty good one. Um I think anywhere he's oh, hold really, up. wait, I got an announcement. There is no announcement. Yeah, anything yeah. where he's really like sarcastically pissed off is definitely up at the top. Uh yeah, and then you know, of course. Go ahead, Dalton. Minus for sure, uh, 2019 Las Vegas uh, with the uh, – I'm just here so I can find. Because re- really why is because <laughs> him and Marshawn Lynch met before the race. They exchanged helmets, uh, signed each other's autographs. I remember that. And then, I remember that. And then he got pissed off because the lap car, like, fucked his race. And then he's that's what he came up with this year so I don't get fined. So he, he learned from the best. So I I, I know that the KMB ones – I know the KMB one is great, but I don't know if he could top that one just because of the story behind it. Well, just like yours, Dalton, you know, as you know, as far as your know, Las Vegas one is concerned, but I mean, to me, that's a tie for the top of what I'm fixing to say is where he's saying everything's great. Looking forward to getting my race car, you know, because what happened the week prior, he flat out punched Logano after Logano wrecking, and then they asked things are how things are everything between you and Logano, and said everything's great. Looking forward to getting my race car, and every other question after that. Every question after that, everything's great. Looking forward to getting back my race car. Everything's great. Blah, 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 blah. You know, stuff like that. But one of the more earlier ones I really like as well, that I would say, at, you know, at number three, is when he gets wrecked out when he was still with Hendrick. He gets wrecked out, I think it's in New Hampshire or something. And Martin Snyder walks up with a microphone in his hand and goes like this. And walks right in the hauler. You could uh you could find Those, a whole that's my that's my three. You could find a whole reel of Kyle just being an absolute douche to Marty Smith 
and uh, Marty Snyder. Yeah. Just like Kyle shitting on Marty stream. I think, he, yes. I think he I think he was a bigger deal toward uh Marty than he Snyder than he was uh the ESPN guy Marty. Marty Smith, yeah. Because Marty Smith kind of a cool cat now. Oh, I love Marty Smith. He is. Oh, he's funny. I love I mean now ever since he started joining the SC network and started doing all this stuff with the football coaches and all, even jumped off the so called <laughs> cliff with Nick Saban, which all it is just a t- you know big dock at his house that's elevated, and jumped off with, with it with Tebow and all. That was funny. That's why one of the many reasons why I love Marty Smith. But I think the most humbling, the most humbling moment of Kyle Bush was the three weeks after being set down at Texas. I yes, mean, that was exactly. A completely different Kyle Bush on an interview. I mean, you're talking totally 180 degrees from KFB. Yeah, tail between the legs, the whole nine yards, yeah. Yeah, because that's what Colton, Dalton, and myself were talking about earlier before you chimed in, Chad. You know, it's just it's just so amazing. He was bratty, rambunctious, even though he'd been reprimanded all those times, different times and all. It was that one time he did something <laughs> absolutely stupid that liked to cost him his career. And then he's like, sorry. Yeah. Dalton, you chilling? Hmm? AJ, can you hear us? Yeah, I can hear y'all. Okay. Can I was just making sure you're still here. Yeah, yeah, we got you. Yep. All right, cool. Yeah, my laptop just died midstream. I meant to tell y'all it was on low battery, but it's all right. Damn, uh, that's right. Shoot, I'm on charger cable right now. What you talking about? <laughs> Ashton coming in clutch. We should have a Jared Bakaisa should be jumping on here. Um, I'd imagine within about the next ten minutes, um, to kind of take over my reign so I can go eat dinner because I know a lot of y'all are on at least Central or Eastern time, but it is six thirty here, which means dinner mm-hmm. for us. Oh, don't Matt. feel bad. I haven't ate eaten eaten supper yet myself, so don't feel bad, Colton. I ain't yeah. getting the case of the hangries yet. Um, so Jared will be hopping on here uh, shortly to kind of take over. If anyone wants to hang out, he's going to morph it into more of just a wide open fan field. Talk about whatever the hell we want. If y'all want to still hang out on here, um, yes, send me two viewers as well. Keep watching. Um, shit could get really rowdy here in about 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know what Jared's been up to. I know he's got the handlebar mustache, like full out, full vengeance. Um, he's been to, it seems like a million and a half sprint car races this year. So I'm sure he's just got a ton of, Wild ass stories he can tell from PA Speed Weeks and whatnot. Uh, yeah, now, changing, changing subject, you know, about Kyle Bush and all, and but still in a racing type of ordeal. As far as video games are concerned, I don't care if it's PC or console, as far as an Xbox or PlayStation, what are y'all's top three? Racing games and, and nothing that's not iRacing related, put it that way, just console and PC games. Mario Kart Double Dash. I'm talking about NASCAR, bub. Mario Kart NASCAR expansion pack. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's uh, my three. Lanes. NASCAR Dirt and Lanes is all right. Dirt, Dirt, Dirt Daytona is really good. 
Yes, and that's my that's my actually my third pick. My second pick is NASCAR Thunder two thousand three. I used to tear that game, play that game until the disc melted. That's how much I love that particular game. And then another one I really liked is, you know, the, the last game that Papyrus Papy- came out with, and that's NR two thousand three, which is still really popular today via sim racers too. Yeah, that one's an all-time classic. Still, like you said, still being raced on today and updated today. I think part of it. Matter of fact, the most recent update that I got as far as the the uh, Papyrus, you know, game, you know, in our two thousand three, is the big update I really like about it. You know, you got all these mods and stuff. You can race at short tracks across the United States. Matter of fact, there's one that I didn't even know exist. You know, even though my home track, Sayre Speedway which is just out on the Walker Fayette County line where I, you know, really close to where I live. It's about maybe about 30 minute drive from where I live, but still, I did not know it was a mod, you know, a modded track it on NR 2003. And I, the moment I downloaded it, I raced all the cars I could race on it at that one point. Cause it's just a small quarter mile track, but still I was able to get at least 20 cars on that track. And just to race, and that normally is not the car count for one class, unless it's a big late model event. And let me tell you, that was a fun track to race on on NR two thousand three, and still is if you want to try it. Yeah, hell yeah. Well, here here's one I got for you. Knowing that Kyle's got this. Hey, doggy. Yeah, Tank's deciding he wants to get up here and be part of the podcast um he's going to rcr kbm's going to chevrolet brexton actually has a contract brexton how long is it before he decides he doesn't want to race like mark martin's son matt because if you remember matt was supposed to be the next best thing because he was pretty doggone good already, and he hadn't even hit the age of 12 yet. And he was already mm-hmm. winning asphalt races. So, you know, he's already got burnt out. He's got a girlfriend and everything else, and he's doing his own deal now. How long is it? Does Brexton actually make it all the way to NASCAR, or does Brexton get burnt out like Matt Martin did and say, I've had enough? No, I, I think that is Brexton. I think Bryce is like very invested. Ahead, in where, I think Bryce is like very invested where like he, he's not going to. Well, it's I'm to thinking the same thing, Dalton. But then again, it could happen. I mean, you got to remember Matt Martin had a, had a, already had a Hendrick contract as well. So, I mean, you got to remember these kids are young when they're getting these things. I mean, right. And now everything is so much more diverse with social media and everything else that at some point you've got to wonder what kind of influence does that have on their racing career versus what Matt Martin did versus what all of these guys that grew up watching. I mean, look back at Michael Walter watching his brother Daryl run in that big age gap, you know. It's completely different from the 70s and 80s to 90s to the zeros to the 10s and now the 2020s. 
I mean, there is so much that has changed. How much quicker lots can of it somebody too. like Brexton is burnout before Matt did because Matt was getting closer to be 16. He was only a year or two away before he was going to get there, and he said, no, nah, I've had enough. Yeah, yeah, that's hard to say because, I mean, what is Brexton, seven, eight years old? You know, he's not very old still, and he's already been racing for years. Um, I mean, I think it's a, a very valid question. Um, I don't think as much as we all like to say driver's kids are always going to be, you know, some of the best and probably end up in cup. There's quite a bit of them I see racing now that I don't think are ever going to end up in the cup series, you know, not to say that they may be bad, but I just think statistics are against them, you know, cash, uh, cash boy, or Owen Larson, um, obviously Brexton Bush. Keelan, I think honestly, of all the kids that are racing right now, Keelan, I think is the best one. And I think the one that's most likely to make it to the cup series. Um, just because I don't run, that's what I'm getting that burnout. You know, I see Keelan still having that drive. Whereas when I watch interviews of Brexton, granted, again, he's still only seven years old. So it's kind of hard for him to, to grasp all these things and to stay focused and stuff. Um, but he doesn't always seem near as interested in it as Keelan did at four five, six years old. You know, I see a lot of that in there. And even if Brexton does decide he don't race and that's not necessarily terrible either. You know, it's just, it didn't go his way. And, you know, even though he might have these contracts and sponsorships and whatnot, he's still, he's still a kid, you know, and we all still got to, you know, he's still got to grow up a little bit. Yeah. Cause see, I mean, I'm like you a hundred percent Colton. I mean, yes, I definitely do see Keelan, you know, making it, you know, farther a lot, <laughs> but you got to think on like, you know, as far as mentorships and all, cause see, Keelan only has has his dad Harvick, and you know Harvick's you know been a real big help with him, and, and so on and so forth. Braxton, however, he does have a not one, not two, but three really good role models that he can fall back on as far as the generational aspect is concerned. You see, Kyle and Kurt's dad was one of the head mechanics when they were in late mile racing in the La, in the Las Vegas area. Yeah. But I can definitely see Brexton, but I, at the same time, I can see him getting burnt out at the same time. It's just really just to me, in my honest opinion, is a game of wait and see. Now, <clears throat> here's you another good thing. If Brexton is the one that stays the course, is it because Kurt's already retired and he does the same thing that Donnie Allison did for Davey Allison? And that was his mentor, and that's the one that helped him through everything while Dad's still doing everything with KBM and RCR. If that's the scenario, I believe Brexton goes a lot further. I mean, it could, that it is could be because that is good Kurt, philosophy. Yeah, because Kurt, uh, Kurt loves Brexton. I mean, I see him a lot on the uh, pit road, like during pre-race, uh, just having fun with him, and uh, you know, being a great uncle. So. I feel like he could definitely step in there too. Oh, and also, like, if you watch the Kyle's uh, YouTube videos of you know the at track life with Brexton, uh, Kurt's always there. He's always there, uh, mm-hmm. helping, uh, coaching them and uh, helping them get get himself prepared. Uh, same thing as Kyle's uh, Kyle's dad too, uh, Tom. So uh, he not only does he have Kurt, but he's got like a lot of family members that can step in and help. Yeah, and you know Kurt's got his own race shop and everything else too that most people don't know about. I actually don't know what. 
Yeah, Kurt's actually got his own race shop to where he works on race cars and personal cars and everything else. Um, so I can see that he's got the room to expand and help Brexton straight up, just like uh, Donnie did with Davy Allison. You know, you know they had two different shops, and Donnie would always help because it was in his shop. He moved all of that stuff away from Bobby for a little while. I actually do remember now. Like I was watching that. Uh... That Kurt Busch documentary that Speed did, like back in 2011, like uh, the Outlaw documentary. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I remember uh, it shopping that uh, episode. I forgot about that. And there's another, like, there's another uh, series. I can't remember exactly what it was. I know it was on history, but I can't remember if it was American Restoration, Counting Cars, or was it. American Pickers. I want to say it was American Pickers. And they were inside that shop getting something from him. So I really don't remember which one. I know it was on a history I, that they showcased that particular shop, along with Ryan Newman's in that same episode, too. Nuts. Speaking of documentaries, um, I'm assuming everybody in here has seen Rowdy from earlier this year. Yep. Oh, that was great. That was great. I was about to ask, what was y'all's thoughts on that? Yeah, I have not seen it. Dalton, you said you I did? Have, I did. I, yeah, I have too. And here's my thought, you know, starting off with one thing I absolutely did not know, you know, from when Kyle was in with, um, with Hendrick, is that he and Ricky Hendrick, which was, which was Rick Hendrick's son that got killed in that plane crash, Little did I know that he loved Ricky like if he was like a second brother to him. And when he got killed, it took a lot out of him. And it just really became the downfall and like where downfall of where he was at Hendrick, basically. I didn't even know that. Yeah, that was a part of that documentary that kind of fascinated me. Just how good of a relationship that Kyle had with Ricky Hendrick and so I imagine that that tragedy with Hendrick Motorsports back in 2004 probably hurt Kyle in ways that it didn't really hurt other other people within the racing world. And so, like, you'd have to imagine that once that happened, his relationship with himself and Mr. H probably got strained and Kyle was eventually kicked out in favor of Dale Jr. and Mears and all of them. Yeah, and uh, I mean, you especially think of how young Kyle was at that time, too, when, unfortunately, when Ricky passed. Um, you're talking about 2004, so Kyle would have been 19 years old in the fall of 04, um, being that young and losing a friend like that. I mean, I couldn't imagine the effect it had on a, a career of which you're already in a massive spotlight at such a young age, too, you know, with the peak in NASCAR, millions of people watching every week. Um, so kind of stuff like that, you never really quite think about how it affects everyone not just inside the immediate family of them. Yeah, uh, so that uh, Rowdy documentary was uh, very fascinating to me. I I, I had no idea about the relationship with uh, Ricky Hendrick either. I didn't know it was, like, that tight. Um, But really, the one I remember, like, from that documentary was just, like, the funny moments and, like, the untold stories about – the feuds that he got in, like uh, the 2007 uh, All-Star Race, you know, with the Kurt Busch incident. Uh, little did I know, too, that that was uh, 
that was basically like uh, Ray Kendrick's like breaking point of Kyle, you know, staying with the team. They're like, okay, they're like, you know, okay, no more. And another fun fact that most of you might not have known. So uh, Kyle actually was, uh, so he wrecked out and he was in the hauler, uh, you know, <clears throat> changed his clothes. Uh, he's all pissed off. And he's watching Kurt's interview with uh, Speed with uh, Dick Berger and like right after the wreck. And, uh, Kurt had that quote where he said, uh, I'm not going to be eating uh, Kellogg's anytime soon. And then Kyle said, you son of a bitch. So, like, he was actually running to Kurt Busch to kick his ass. He, he was actually going to kick his brother's ass. And his, uh, his PR guy had to, like, literally put him on the ground, like, hold him down there. Like, it was that bad. Um, and then he told another story about uh, the 2011 Kevin Harvick incident at Darlington where uh, – so they were in that uh, wreck with, like, a – I think it was like three to go or something like that. And yeah. yeah. And then uh, Harvick, uh, the, well, Kyle lied and said like he blew a tire, but we, we all knew that was bullshit. And uh, after the race was over, uh, he was trying to uh, get away from Harvick because Harvick wanted to kick his ass, of course, but Kyle was trying to get away and he wanted to back up, but he had no reverse. Like the reverse like completely went out of his car, so he couldn't back up. So he had to like turn around. And uh, then Harvick like parked right next to him on pit road. And again, Kyle can't back up. So uh, he said, uh, play B, I'm going to re- uh, turn his shit when he gets out of the car. And then that's exactly what he did. Yeah. Yeah, I remember watching that live. That shit was nuts when Harvard got out, tried yeah. stomping into Kyle's car. And then, I mean, Kyle really just stood on it and dumped Harvick's car to the pit wall. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, another thing, I, you know, that surprised me, you know, off subject, but on the same incident, is that after all these years, I remember seeing this on the Dale Jr. podcast, the Dale Jr. download. When he was interviewing Rick, no, excuse me, Richard Childress about the Kyle Bush incident at Darlington, and then whatever happened at Kansas that resulted, you know, the punch to the face, you know, you know, you know, Richard punching Kyle in the face. Richard said since that day he punched Kyle in the face. They have not contacted one another since then. When the interview was, of course, taped, you know, recorded. Well, then, next thing you know, after watching that episode, maybe about a few months later, he signs with Richard Childers. I'm like, what? I was like, and then I'm thinking, hmm, talk about men and fences. But little did I did all of us know at that time that Austin Dillon had a lot to do with that. So we got it, you know. As us Kyle Bush fans, we got to thank we got to thank Austin Dillon for at least helping Kyle, you know, you know, furnish a ride for him this this upcoming season. Yeah, let oh, me yeah. Just say this. You know, if like, you think about it. Go ahead. No, what's up, AJ? Uh, no, I said if you think about it. Yeah, let me just say this: like Austin Dillon has entered my top five favorite drivers. But it's funny; he used to be one of my least favorite drivers because he would go out there and win every single Xfinity race known to man when he, in his couple each days. But I met him in person a couple times, and he was actually a really nice guy. Like he complimented me on my cross necklace that I wear all the time. But then I heard that Austin was the one who had talked to his grandpa and said, "Like, hey, let's go get Kyle Busch, see if we can hire him." And I, I earned a lot of respect for Austin Dillon when I, when I saw that because he might so not be I. the best driver in the world, but he sure as hell is a great person. Oh, that's facts, dude. Yeah, and same thing with Ty. Ty is really great. 
And see, when I met Ty at um at Atlanta, NASCAR, I mean, due to the rain that hit Atlanta at that time, Colton, you were there. Uh, when the rain hit, NASCAR done shut down the, the, the cup garage for the entire day, and they were asking everybody to leave. And I happened to bu- – I accidentally brushed, you know, trying to weed for the crowd. I accidentally brushed Ty. I said, oh, sorry, sir. Ty, oh, my gosh. I didn't mean to brush you. He, he put his hand on my shoulder and said, no worries, buddy. And we talked for a little bit, and, you know, I, I told him, you know, how you, you know, watched him go through the ranks just like his brother did. And, and I said, and this was my exact words to him. You got to get better equipment eventually because you can't, you got potential. And he said, he lowered his head and said, well, thank you. I mean, I wish I was in better equipment than this. His exact words were this shit here at Petty was his exact words. Whoa. Yeah. I didn't snitch on him about that, but that's what his exact words. He, I mean, he was frustrated at Petty. You can tell, tell it too. Man. That's insane. Like, and I guess mm-hmm. that just kind of shows, like, because uh, I thought, like, the Dylan family was just, you know, like a bunch of, like, Ritz kids and shit like that. But seeing all these stories, it seems like they're really cool ass people. I mean, I've met Austin Dylan a couple times, too, and he's, he's a hell of a guy. I've, I've had no issues with him personally. Um, I also did sit next to him in a truck race twice uh, at Bristol, I think in 2013, or, no, 2012 and 2013. This back when Ty was uh, driving a three truck, uh, and, and this didn't Austin tie, spot for Ty those races when he was in the trucks truck and Xfinity race. It mm-hmm. sounded like it looked like he did because he was wearing the scanner. Uh, so uh, this back when the truck series at Bristol every Wednesday night, where uh, and this is when like the turns one you could sit anywhere and you could sit in uh, turns one and two or three and four. You you can't sit there anymore. You only have to sit in the straightaways, but. Uh, me and dad would always like sit in the middle of turns three and four because that's just the best spot. And at the truck race in Bristol, you can sit wherever the hell you want. And uh, Austin would always be there uh, in the middle of turn three and four, like spotting for a uh, tie when he drove the uh, when he drove in the truck series. And uh, I got a picture with uh, Austin Dillon in the 2012 one. And then uh, I said hi to him the very next year, but I, I just kind of like left him alone. And uh, there was one point in the. Uh, <laughs> in the 2013 truck race where Kyle and uh, Ty actually got into each other a little bit. And uh, I like creepily like turned around to Austin's like, see, just see what his reaction was. I wasn't going to like talk shit or anything like that. I just kind of wanted to see like what he was going to say, but uh, he looked like kind of shocked or a, a little bit pissed off or whatever. But uh, yeah, Austin Dillon like such a good dude. And uh, I, I have gained a lot of respect for him as well. Um, I don't know how his uh, racing career is going to work out, but it sounds like to me he could definitely have a really good job at maybe a office work in the, uh, in RCR uh, and recruiting drivers and uh, st- stuff like that. But I mean, we'll see where it goes. But uh, yep, hats off to Austin Dillon. Like he's uh, he's the reason why we uh, that contract uh, uncertainty uh, suffering ended. So uh, big hats off to him. What do you think the likelihood is in the next five years that Austin steps away from racing? Mm, very it's likely depend heavily on how yeah. good or bad he does if he if he gets a couple of wins next year i don't think he steps away anytime soon because he's still like 30 31 something like that yeah he's, I mean, he's in his prime but i don't expect him to be that far along i can see him stepping away like dalton said do all you know office work like dalton said 
And I can definitely see Ty taking his place eventually. See, I don't think I don't think Ty goes back to RCR. Yeah, because a lot of people think because uh, Jermaine, y'all remember Jermaine Racing where Casey Mears throw that 13 guy go? Yeah, that's Richard Childress uh, affiliate. That's like Richard Childress' satellite team. So Casey Mears, for those Mm. that don't know, so Jermaine Racing started as like an actual like starting park team with uh, Max Pappas back in uh, 2009. And they put Casey Mears in there the very next year. He took that team from a starting park team to a top 20 contender each week. And in 2017, they literally out of nowhere fired Casey Mears to put Ty Dillon in. And he ran a lot worse. Yeah. And it, they still let him go after that. So. Mm. Yeah. Um, the one thing you see about Austin is if he can get you Kyle Bush, what kind of man is he actually stepping up to be because he's the one that's going to take and run the team for Richard, not my, not his dad, Mike. His Mike will probably stay doing what he is, and then Ty will take over what his dad is doing at some point, and those two will run the whole team together. But I do not see Ty going back to RCR because he wants to make his own way and do stuff differently. And he said that from a long time. And I've actually had the pleasure of watching him and Austin on dirt. Uh, And I'll tell you, Ty was a lot better dirt driver than Austin. I mean, I've got to see them both win in person. Um but I just think the mindset for Austin is looking toward the future and how can he build the team to be stronger later down the road for him. And thus, the reason he got Kyle. And, I mean, Kyle is one that, you know, like I said earlier, he can take and do stuff with cars that are beyond what most people can do with the same exact equipment. So give him something that's really, really good because I hate to say it, but RCRs had great cars all year long and they've had speed. So many times they were ahead of JGR on most weekends. You put Kyle in that thing and all of a sudden it's a top five ride every week. Austin looks good for making that submission right there, right? Well, and I think we all overlook who, Kyle's brother is and what Kurt has done for all the teams he's went to. Um, every team that Kurt has entered or has left, he has left it better than he found it. Um, and we see that, I mean, with every organization he's been with. Um, so now. With the exception of Phoenix Racing, though, because Phoenix Racing kind of went downhill Phoenix after Racing, that. He finished third at Sonoma with like a broken yeah. suspension or something. So Shoot, even then. Kurt, oh, yeah, that much. is true. I forgot about that. Kurt made Phoenix I race about a that. top 15 car every week Dude, when it yeah, used he made to be a relevant. top 30. Dude, I but, miss Phoenix racing. Yeah. I mean, but we look at the position that Kyle's in now, and I I mean, you'd be hard-pressed to tell me that Kurt's not sharing the information he knows about all his teams that he's been with and telling Kyle, here's what you need to look out for to improve a team or to kind of get the guys together. Um, you know, I mean, Kurt's – probably flaking off a lot of info on Kyle to where we're going to see Kyle really improve J or uh, RCR quite a bit um, and kind of mm-hmm. bring them back into relevance, hopefully. Um, so not only yeah, is Austin you, a great driver, but this great mentor as far as kind of turning the team around. 
Yeah, because if you think about it, you know, the 18%. Go ahead, Chad. Is it now that we see the true Kyle Bush and what a wheel man he really is because he is basically getting in what everybody else thinks is subpar equipment to JDR when now we get to see him shine as a wheel man himself, not the cars that he was in. You might see a completely different scenario this 2023 and he may reel off four or five wins i don't think he's going to be that much but still he is going to put that car in situations to where well, he is a contender thing. to win all the time the other gotta get back to that is, is that's an eight car yeah that's 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 right. took the three wins yeah exactly yep. and you know uh, you know you know like um like uh colton and dalton both were saying you know you know about Phoenix racing and how Kirk kind of basically turned everything around. Here's the thing you might want, you know, what we, you know, I want to touch base on before Chad started talking is that if you think about it, when Bobby Labonte decided to full on, you know, go part time and JJ Yelly took over the 18, that whole entire organization basically dropped like a rock, even with Tony Stewart in, in there. And I'm talking about a prime Tony Stewart. And right. then Kyle Bush comes along, and Tony Stewart's kind of waning down, waning down, and going starting his own organization. But still, think what he did to help put JGR back on the map. I mean, some you got to think about, you know, along with what Kurt did, you know, with all the other organizations as well. Right. Mm-hmm. I also want to go back to the Austin Dillon thing real quick. Uh, I read a really cool article about uh, Kyle Busch's last race with uh, M&M's Joker's Racing uh, last Sunday. Uh, they released this, too, and uh, this is going to be pretty interesting. This is probably a good uh, talking point right here about uh, future sponsors' uh, predictions. I want to ask about that. Uh, but we'll read this. So uh starts off that uh, Bush will now uh, start a new and number eight Chevrolet Rich Choice Racing, though his official start date won't be until January because of uh, contract. It won't expire until New Year's Eve this year. Uh, that will tie him up through December at uh, the NASCAR awards ceremony. But said he has already started a little bit at RCR, including some visits to the team shop. Uh, he has also been texting with his future teammate, Austin Dillon, about simulator work and hunting licenses. That, yeah, that's right, hunting licenses. So, possibly a real tree sponsorship. <laughs> and uh, he also said that uh, he dropped a supervisive uh, RCR uh, sponsor reference when he asked about how you'd be reflecting during the uh, plane ride back to North Carolina. He said, maybe I'll take some three cheese since the season's over and not think about it on the way home. <laughs> well, when you get hunting license, you also get uh, Bass Pro Shops on your car, right? Hunting oh, and Yes. Yes. You yes. You possibly yes. get the real That would stuff. be something. Yeah, that's something I can see. And another thing I really can see, you know, even though it's it's just from a throwback perspective, and I guess from the M&M's mindset and all, but if you think about it, as far as a candy point st- standpoint, I mean, I'm not saying it's just, you know, they're coming back or anything, but it would be kind of interesting to see and ironic to see with Mars, you know, being, you know, the primary ones for many years. Think about this. Harvick did race a Hershey's thing car a few times a lot, or in Reese's, which is a co-parent of, co-parent of the Hershey, Reese, Hershey Reese company. 
So I'm thinking, you know, as far as a more ironic and throwback standpoint, I can see, you know, Hershey trying to make a comeback. But also at the same time, you know, with what you just read to us, Dalton, I can definitely see, you know, Bass Pro Shops and Realtree because they're already a mainstay at RCR. Yeah. And uh, let me ask you guys this too. Okay, so what it sounds like to me is all the RCR sponsors that we're with Redding are going to stay with Kyle, or most of them. Um, sounds like Three Chicas could stay. A lot of talk about Cheddar's as well. Uh, Real Tree, which is usually like one race a year, the, the Talladega Fall race. Um, if one sponsor is going to follow Tyler Reddick to 23-11, what's it going to be? Ooh. I'm definitely going to say – I am definitely I definitely can see Cheddar's. Yeah, I think Cheddar's is the best chance of moving. I feel like if you think about it – I feel like Cheddar's more of an RCR sponsor than uh, Tyler Reddick sponsor. Well, y'all well another thing, if you think ready. about it, though – if you know the thing you got to think about, though – both 2311 cars are primarily like food cars with McDonald's, Monster Energy, you know, in general. So that's what I'm thinking. But who knows? Yeah, I was just about to touch on 2311. Like, you got a guy by the name of Michael Jordan co-owning that team. Like, it really feels like he and Denny Hamlin have been really good at finding big name sponsors you know they brought back dr pepper they got mcdonald's you know and they got like air jordan brand even though that's michael jordan's brand but wheaties for one race you know all these big name sponsors that they got for bubble Wallace and kurt bush and i can't imagine that the same wouldn't be true even though it's how the is about to replace kurt now to answer my own question i feel like uh, guaranteed ray would make the most sense of following him because I think he's got like a personal uh, sponsorship with uh, with Guaranteed Ray. I remember he was on Door Bumper Clear and uh, he was talking about how um, Guaranteed Ray does a lot of cool stuff with you know like a bowling and uh, a lot a lot of sports that are not really that popular or uh, a lot of stuff that aren't popular because they like to reach out. They like to be you know everywhere they possibly can. They like they like to spend their money. Uh, so I can definitely see that too. Uh, but Chill. for Reddick, I could see like money line as well, like money line being the b- main one. Shall I also bring up the sponsorship elephant in the room for Kyle? What's up? The interaction he's had with a certain company in recent weeks on Twitter. I was going to touch on that. Yeah. Now here's what. Oh I'm gonna yeah. Say. Here's what Blame. I'm going to say. You, if you are a company, like you do not donate. $8,888 to your Bundle of Joy Foundation and not sponsor him. There's there's no way in hell that they're not going to get a deal done. Either all in or nothing, you know? Yep. Yeah, because I mean, I think that's more of a teaser than anything, if you ask me. Yeah, I feel like, like Kyle's like got him right where they want him now because like he, he said, like if you don't sling me a sponsorship, there's going to be some problems. And that, that kind of like, you know, made them want to do this and then they just uh, once like i said just donated a lot of money like a shit ton of money to their bundle joy fund so you you can tell that they're they're very serious about this 
Yeah, I can definitely see, like I said, it's it's definitely a teaser, but it's not confirmed though, as y'all know. Yeah, but nothing wrong with going out and finding new other people. I mean, and that's what Adam Sturt said, like right when Kyle signed, he said that uh, the RCR sponsors are willing to look at him, but also they're outside looking for other companies, so they're definitely going to do that too. And the more sponsors, the better. That I mean, that don't hurt nothing. Yeah, you never have too much money. Well, I think those are all, I mean, damn good ideas. Um, when you mentioned guaranteed rate, things like that. Um, I would like to see Kyle bring a couple new sponsors in as well, um, like y'all just went over there. Um, I want to see a complete off-the-wall sponsor come in in the next couple of years. Maybe it's for Kyle, maybe it's not. But I want to see in a complete just, like, random sponsor come in. Like, I want to see fucking Walmart, like, sponsor a car. Maybe not that big of a company, but you know, like so, a company we've never seen that isn't a new tech company. I think would be kicked off. Um, I mean, I think Kyle's got just enough pride to be able to uh, to pull something like that off. Well, how many of these things that are going to be like the Toyota kind of camp stuff to where they're going for the truck team and then sponsor something or by him in a cup ride and take over five or six trucks for him. I'm going to be honest, you were cutting out a little bit in the mid it, there. It kind of sounds like, like aliens are taking over. Sounds like you're stalking underwater on them Discovery shows in a way. All I hear it's is not, I mean, being honest, it's not better if he, when he has his headset on, to be honest. You know, just looking at it from a tech standpoint. I, I feel like that's AJ's mic or something. Yeah, that one is AJ. So I just... Okay, okay. I, I knew it was something. Yeah, yeah. it was AJ. Yeah, he, he was trying to talk. Yeah, it was AJ. Cut out. My bad. I was going to say... Yeah, I AJ, you, mine dude, we got too. you back, Chad. All right, AJ, we got you, you now. All right. Um, I don't know what happened Well, there, technical difficulties bad. aside... Um, I think uh, this is a damn good episode. Um, I do not see a sign of Jared yet. I'm going to give it just a couple more minutes here. Um, but if he doesn't, I'm just going to go ahead and chop it off because I do got to go eat some fucking food. Yeah. I am starving Marvin over here. Tell me about it. But, uh, I mean. wrong with some Oreos. Yeah, is go. that what you're eating, Chad? Some, got, some damn Oreos? Yep. Oh, Double that would be perfect. I mean, Honestly, I just had another brainstorm. You know how you know that even though it's still, you know, it was a DEI sponsor in the Xfinity series. I could, for some reason, I could see Kyle, you know, with all the cut candy, you know, deal he did with uh, M and M's. I could see Nabisco coming back on board. I, I see you that. now, Jared. What's up? Long I time didn't see the scroll bar. Yeah, how's it been going? Oh, it's been going. How you guys been? Oh, not You're too like bad. Last name. Oh, yeah. Thanks. Hey, it's November. I thought I'd mix it up for the winter. Yeah. Hell yeah. Ah, no, Dave, November. Shoe all summer, so I figured we'll mix it up. We'll go to the November look for for a while. You look like you make ropes and tool belts for a living. Yeah, I look like uh, <laughs> whenever I wear sunglasses, I look like one of those like old dudes on Facebook that always gets into arguments with people. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like you look like, I'm gonna start a like, political war on Facebook. Yeah, you look like the eighth place. You know what? Contestant. 
you know what? If you get you some garloyles and a Dale Earnhardt costume, you would make a perfect Dale Earnhardt right now. Like literally. Shoot, he looks like a bad Bruce Lee actor. <laughs> I don't have my uh like Kenny Powers stunt doubles, but that's the closest pair of sunglasses I got. Hell yeah, no Colties. Well, not 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 with me. They're in the truck. Damn. Damn. L. Sorry, Dalton. L. <laughs> what did I miss? What's going on, everyone? Well, we recapped Kyle. Bush. A lot of good conversations. So, That's yeah, putting it mildly. What not? Um, look forward to RCR in the future. Um, Basically, you're just going to jump in and give us your take and everything and then just continue a conversation for as long as you want. Nice. I got about a good half hour left and we can get Where'd... some stuff Get some stuff in. Where do you want? Whoa. That was my dog. <laughs> Where, uh, am I starting <laughs> off this conversation or what? How's, how's, this, how's this working? Kick it out. Give us your Kyle Bush take. What's 2022 been like for Kyle Bush? Pain. Well, you, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah that's it. Pain. Uh, I kind of gave up on the season after the Bristol night race. After I, after that whole fiasco Same. happened. Same. Like, I, I literally, I, I don't think I watched. Uh, I went to the Talladega race, but I don't. I didn't watch any other races after that. Let me see here. How many sprint car races did you end up making it to this year? Um, let me count. I have a whole. Uh, I have a whole list on my phone of how many I went to. I think I'd like to say it's in the 20s. And while uh, while y'all are doing that, y'all take this as far as you would like or need to. Um, y'all feel free to hop off at any time. But I am going to hop off um, and pass it on to Jared, kind of unofficially, Baton. You're throwing me on. You're throwing so me I on can, the spot. I just yeah. hop on. And yeah, I'm, I am starving, Marvin. I'm going to go grab some cold pizza from the fridge because yeah. I have not eaten since like 11 a.m. Well, y'all so, have fun, fellas. Thanks, oh, good see, good see you, Cole. Oh, see you, Chad. We'll see you guys. See y'all. And we appreciate you for your time. Thanks, Chad. Thank you, Chad. See you, Dalton, Jared, Ashton. Be safe. Don't, don't, don't get too much fun playing with your hockey and all that good stuff and announcing them. <laughs> all right. Although I okay. would like to, I would like for you to go live one day while you're doing the announcing, just so we can see you in action. Well, there is a live stream. Now I can't really technically be. On, on camera and doing that, you know, at the same time. But there is a live stream called Black Dog Hockey. You can listen to me, you know, as I'm doing my stuff. But I can't record myself due to copyright issues. Well, just so y'all know. To, you need to uh, post up, say, hey, I'm about to go live on this and post it on Facebook or Twitter or something like that so that we can we can hit that link and listen to you. Yeah, usually I would put that on my both my Instagram and Facebook stories, but I'll definitely remember that from here on out, and I'll make sure to tag you, Chad. That'll work. I will be glad. Yeah, it won't be now with all the stuff I've now with all the stuff I've been dealing with my grandfather lately and his health and all. It probably won't be until we only got like maybe two games left of this uh, semester, and then we then we kick back up, kick back off, and. Uh, the second half in uh, January, so. All right. We'll be keeping that. Out. Might as well just have a little fun in the crowd at the Bulls games. The Birmingham Bulls games, put it that way. That, we're That's hockey. True. 
And Jared, I just got to say, you suck for being able to go to all them PX Speed Week <laughs> stuff, man, because we in the South can't get there. Yeah, I'm kind of spoiled up here. Yeah. But then again, we do have a 53,000 win super late model race about 40 minutes from my house this weekend. There you go. Y'all can catch oh, yeah. racing this weekend. It's a t- t- 20,000 win Friday night, 53,000 win on Saturday night. Nice. Isn't that, that race at, Coco, at yeah, Chris Florida. Motorsports Park? No, this is this is at Sonoa. It's the, the, the Capital Flow Racing Series. Oh, all right. And I mean, you're talking about the big boys of big boys of dirt. If they're not in Vegas, they're going to be at Sonoa because there's two big races mm. going on this weekend. Interesting. Hook it up on Flow and watch it. You're liable to see me there, and we'll try to be as bright as I can be. Fluorescent yellow shirt or fluorescent orange, something. There you go. Something like that. Yep. Liable to see me if they got a camera around some of the um, haulers and stuff from where I put some of the mats in those haulers and everything, working with some of the drivers. Nice. Other than that, y'all have a great evening, and if I can get back on here in a little while without falling asleep, I sure will. <laughs> Yeah, I've got to leave here shortly myself. Uh, I'm like, oh, I ain't eaten anything since about two this afternoon. I'm starting to get the hangries, and y'all don't like you wouldn't like me when I'm hangry. Snickers satisfies, motherfucker. Yeah, Snickers. I wish I had some in the fridge right about now. At this point, (laughs) okay, there's AJ. I hear him now. Yeah, I just haven't been talking much because I keep hearing this static stuff. Yeah, yeah, I I don't know who it is. I thought it was your mic fucking up at first, but I got you now. All right. Yeah, I got you now. I, I'm really thinking that was Chad doing that, to be honest. Probably. Yeah, it's got to be. I think it was all those Oreos that he was eating. It was probably crinkling up the... Well, Colt said he ripped well, like plus not... when he left the stream, so like it might have been him, I think. Well, well plus no, not to mention, he him. did have his headset. It sounded fine when he had his headset on, so I don't know what the issue was. Yeah, he must have. Must have been all staticky once he turned, put it up, turned. What am I trying to say? Took it off. Yeah. Well, guys, I'm going to go ahead and leave y'all at it. It's good talking to all y'all, and y'all be safe during the off season. All right. You too, Chad. Right. Hey, happy, happy holidays, going. brother. And to all y'all, Chad, Colton, that you know, that that's all left. I want to wish y'all a Merry Christmas and a Happy Thanksgiving in advance and a Happy New Year. Yes, sir. Thank you. All right, thank y'all. Y'all have a good one. Good good seeing you all. Bye-bye. See you, man. Nice. And number three. three. For Dale. Um, Yeah. (laughs) This is weird. I wasn't really uh, prepared for all that. I thought I was going to get interviewed or something, but... So am I leading this now, or what's... Yeah, I guess. uh, Uh, I think that's what Colton said, right? I, I guess so. I guess I'm getting thrown onto the spot here. I have no, uh, I don't even know what you guys even talked about. So I don't really think I, I don't know what questions to ask or. Yeah, I got, I got to drop my dog off to my mom's house in about like a uh, half an hour too, because she's going to, she's going to vet tomorrow to get her uh, rabies shots. So we got about 20 minutes or so, half an hour to. Yeah. Uh, well, so, well, first of all, where the fuck have you been, bro? Uh, I barely work, see you. Work. Uh, Prison I saw you gave up on NASCAR entirely for the rest of the year. Yeah, I really did. That that uh, the Bristol race really hurt me. I, I was in 
I honestly have never been, you know, I've been upset at races, but I don't think I've ever been like that upset at a race. Same, dude. Like that was I, that was painful, dude. I, I, like usually at least I have some high spirits, but I literally just sat there the whole rest of the race. I was like, wow, this this sucks. I was yeah. Like, and you, you didn't miss much after that, like, dude. So Kyle wrecked at Texas the very next week after he had a fast car. Like early in the race, he was running top five and he got loose and backed into the wall. It got to the point, like, it's been so bad this season that I just didn't give a fuck in that moment. Like, when I saw him wrecking to the wall, I just sat there like... Yeah, I, I, I just decided to give up because I know I'm like, what's the point of me being upset after a race when... And, like, I went to the Talladega race and Chase Elliott won, so that was just a fact, like, that was more of just a punch right in the balls. I'm like, well... Fuck. <laughs> fuck. Drove 14 hours just to see a Chase Elliott win. I'm like, wow, what a... Mm. Hey, that's painful. Is Jokes AJ... on y'all. I was at work that the day of that Texas race, so I had very little crafts to give about that. Dude, it was a fucking shit show. It was so bad. Who, who even won that race? I literally don't. I Reddick. have not. Reddick did. Yeah, it was, I, as Frisky yeah. guess, as Frisky Nixon would call it, it was a classic leader jinx uh, special. Yeah. Everything. Every time you had, you were the leader of the race, it would take you 35 laps to blow a tire. It happened, like, what, four times? So was that, yeah, like, Harvick, uh, Truex, Chase, like, like, for much like everybody was leading. Was it, like, a 2008 Brickyard type of race? Is that? Worse. 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 Wow. Well, Worse. Bristol was like that, too, but. Yeah. Not as bad, though. How, how how was the rest of the, how was the rest of the season like? I don't even know what races were even run after Bristol and Talladega. I, I like I said, I literally have not kept up or even tried. To make That's fucking effort. amazing. Like I I still sat and suffered. Like you just like quit. But I mean, I don't blame you. I'm not bitching well, anymore. I, I kind of cheated with my algorithm. Like I literally don't get as much NASCAR stuff from like as I used to. Like I'll get like your guys' stuff like here and there, but like I I honestly didn't kick. I haven't. I haven't kept up at all. Like I, I saw the Ross Chastain thing just off of. Obviously, everyone saw that on Twitter, and then. Oh yeah, that's showing viral. So. But yeah, and then I saw Logano won the championship, so I'm like, oh, that's cool. Well, uh, twenty-two and twenty-two. <laughs> fuck. Uh, well, Bowman uh, suffered a concussion at Texas. Uh, don't know if you saw that. Um, Cole Custer got a bullshit penalty for. Uh, I guess manipulating, manipulating. the outcome. Yeah, uh, and they appealed it, still lost. And uh, Tony Stewart is just as pissed as you are. He said, uh, he said, I'm so mad at NASCAR right now. Like, if I didn't have, like, fan appearances that I had to attend, I wouldn't even show up to a race for the rest of the year. Uh, and then Homestead, uh, Larson just fucking dominated flat out. Uh, but I, I, I'm sure you saw the Bubba Wallace and Kyle Larson fight at Vegas. Oh, I did see that. So did you see uh... – Yeah. You see the shirt that I got? Fuck yes, I did. What's the shirt that he got? Oh, AJ, you're not ready. You're not ready. I don't think I am. Whoa. <laughs> um. Oh, wait. Can you see it all I have here? some questions. I have some questions. <laughs> no joke. I don't think there's any that questions to ask because I actually am Asian. So what are you going to Twitter that day? I vividly remember. That like oh, Bobo should be in prison for violence on Asian Americans. Like, dude, just go out and say you're a racist at that point. Oh, seriously, 
Let's stop Asian hate now. Come on. Stop now. Asian hate. Stop Asian hate, dude. Just, just stop hate in general. Choose love. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but actually, I was telling the guys earlier today that I was actually at that Roval race where Custer manipulated the outcome. And I actually got to meet Kyle in person that weekend. And I had a, oh, little, yeah? I had a little interesting conversation with Kyle. And I said, so I know Richard Childress said no to the cup the cup three car but what about doing three car in xfinity for a race or two i can't that believe you so just asked him, like i love how you just fucking like straight up asked like uh, hey can we do that so what was what was the answer to that conversation like, uh, is he gonna get it well kyle didn't even real kyle didn't even know that that was a thing like he kind of looked at me and he's all like wait there's a three car in xfinity for rcr and i had to remind him that jeffrey earnhardt ran it that, earlier that year at at Dega, and Kyle's just like, "Oh, okay, maybe." <laughs> well, could you could you imagine Darlington next year? He runs like a throwback Dale Earnhardt scheme in the Xfinity yeah. series. <laughs> That's exactly what we talked about. Red, black, black senior at at, at Talladega, like doing a Talladega just oh, to fucking yeah, and then he wins that. Get that rowdy energy sponsored three car out there. The same paint scheme, same. Same font. Please. It could work, yeah. dude. It could work. He's going to have a lot of more Chevy teammates next year. So it could happen. I'm excited for the Super Speedways, dude. Like, what, with those being a Chevrolet and not being outnumbered as fuck like the Warden Toyotas, that makes me so fucking happy. How was the championship rate? Was that was that like? Has it oh, been... it sucked ass. It sucked ass. Did it go as how I probably predicted it was going to go? Well, depends on how you predicted it. I predicted like it was just going to be the top four the whole whole time. It was only the top one. Like <laughs> Logano yeah. fucking dominating. Logano never... was just dominant all day. What, was the racing outside of it even good at all, or was it? No, no, not really. It was ass. I mean, I feel uh, like Phoenix as a whole has been kind of ruined the last couple of years with the way they laid that uh, traction compound up high, and I feel like it. Made the outside line essentially godlike, and that really killed the racing. Oh, and uh, and also Jared. Uh, so I don't know if you probably saw this too, but uh, Coy Gibbs uh, passed away like uh, the morning of the race. Yeah, I did hear about that. And uh, that for me, that just killed it. Like I was excited or trying to be like you know mostly ready for Kyle's last race at JGR and M and M's, and then. When I saw like the news that Ty like stepped out for fa- uh, like a family uh, emergency, um, I just thought, I mean, I knew it was serious right off the bat, but I, I didn't think it was something like that. Like I, I just, in my mind, I was hoping that it would not be as bad, or it, it would eventually work out. Mm-hmm. And then people started saying like, uh, with all the rumors going around, if you're saying jokes about Ty Gibbs, like now's not the time, or delete them, or if you say shit about it, like you're a, you're an asshole. I'm like. Dude, what the fuck is going on? And uh, then it, I, I didn't want to speculate anything. I wanted to wait till like we got like official word. And then like uh, I started my live stream, and then five minutes after uh, I started, like the news broke on my TV, and I just fucking I fucking started crying, dude. Like I did, I I actually thought about logging off by like, all my stream, like ending it. But I'm like, well, I started, I gotta finish it. But like it, it just killed the vibe, like mm-hmm. where to where I couldn't enjoy it. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, but uh, if we take all that stuff away, though, I did see Ty Gibbs got some shit after the Martinsville race. I heard, I, I did hear about that just based from what I saw. Yeah, I have a lot uh, of things I could say about Ty Gibbs, but I'm gonna save it for Instagram, and I'm gonna do like one of those overlong videos where you post it on your story, and it's just a whole bunch of different clips that they posted as, and it's just one big continued video. So now, yeah. if we're looking at it. For next year, do you think who's going to get more booze, Kyle Busch or Ty Gibbs? Well, after his dad's death, it, it I think people are going to give Ty another. I, this is going to be life changing for him, um, because you know, I, I obviously you know he was like driving like a punk, you know this these this season, but I feel like after his dad's death, I think that's going to change him personally in the way he drives. Like I, I think he's going to be a lot better person than that. Um, it's really going to be a a maturity thing for him. Uh, so, see, I, that's actually a tough question. Okay. When do you expect the announcement that he's getting the 18 next year? January. Yeah. That's how they did it for when he joined Xfinity full time as well. So. Yeah, yeah, that's like Joe Gibbs race like never announced the lineup to like the, the very last week before the season starts. Mm-hmm. So they'll do it then. Uh. Jared, I actually do want to ask you, like, what are your expectations for Kyle next year now that he's taking the eight car? Um, I think I, I think it's definitely not going to be as disappointing as the last couple years of the 18 have been. Just if Tyler Reddick's been able to get that much out of RCR, I think Kyle's going to be able to get a lot out of that eight car. I could I, I'm kind of expecting like two, three wins, maybe. Three at the most. I don't see him going winless. I could also see him going on a tear this year with a new kind of really a new fresh start because you kind of saw that in 2008 when he got his new fresh start with Gibbs going with eight wins and you know the super speedways like you guys were just saying he's definitely going to have a lot more help with the Chevrolet teams and you obviously have a lot of better Chevrolet drivers out there so definitely that's going to help uh yeah two to three wins is my prediction he, he needs to get back to that he needs to get back to doing like three to four wins a year Competing for wins like every single week and uh, competing for championships too, because like I, I said this earlier, like he has to take a big step up because I feel like this upcoming season is going to define how the rest of his career goes at RCR. Yeah, uh, so if if it's if one of run, those, yeah, it's one of those things where if he's gonna if he puts up like Austin Dillon type of finishes, then we're like, all right, it's it's we're yeah, we're gonna yeah, expect yeah. like one win, first round playoff exit, you know, we're that's just how it's gonna end, you know. I don't Yeah, think... the, the, yeah, like if I, I was about to say, like if it next season comes and it's still the same shit, then there's a bigger fucking problem. Mm-hmm. But I do think mentally for him, I think he'll be in a better I think he'll be a lot more focused and on the team now because I know, like, obviously this year, half the year, you're trying to figure out where he's even going to be next year. So uh, you you have to expect, like, assume that probably played a big factor in your focus and mental preparation for races. And then, you know, this year, all he's got to worry about is just driving now. He doesn't have to worry about contract or whatever. And yeah, no, I, I think that'll, I think this year, this year will be a big determining point to see what happens and so i think if we see like a three four win type of season i think we can expect kyle bush to be kyle bush again but if it's like also like i said if it's like austin dylan numbers maybe getting a lucky win here and there then 
we're on we're on the decline for the next four years or five yep. years. Or or no, for the, no, for the rest of his fucking career, dude. Like, yeah, we're gonna we'll be able to feel what uh, Jimmy Johnson fans felt at the end of his last couple years. Oh God, no, please. <laughs> no, no, I would like to see Kyle make the playoffs every year if possible. I think he will, but I just wanted to get back to being in the round of eight and the round of four every year. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I, I think it'd be nice if we could get uh, when's when's uh, when will his twentieth Daytona five hundred start be? Do you know that stat, Dalton? This year, I think it was his eighteenth. I, I, I need to count because because they didn't count the uh, twenty fifteen one because he never really started. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so twenty twenty five then. Either uh, two thousand five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, sixteen, fourteen, fourteen, sixteen, fourteen, sixteen. Shit, hold on. I gotta do math. Actually, I'm just gonna do this. I'm just gonna Google that because that <laughs> might help. That that's gonna help a lot better. Of course, my cam's not really. Because, anyways, what I was what I was thinking is, I hope he wins. What I'm hoping is, is his 20th 500 start, he wins the 500 with RCR. Now that'd be kind of cool. 20 years of trying, 20 years of frustration. Kyle Busch will finally win the Daytona 500. (laughs) Yeah, just like piss everybody the fuck off. (laughs) Wait, wait, it could be like 2026 since they didn't count the. 2015. No, that's it. I already included 2015 being out in that math because his rookie year was 2005. So that means you have to give get one more year ahead. So oh, 2025. So, so, so it is 2025. Okay. Six, seven, Okay, so this year, 2022, is the 17th Daytona 500 start. Next year, 2023 will be 18. 2024 will be 19. 2025 will be 20. Oh, okay. Yep. There it is. Shout out racingreference.info. Yeah. That'll be... uh... It'll be interesting to see how that goes off. Did when do you think we'll get a? Uh, I know we just got the truck announcement. I did see that on Twitter. Do you think we'll get a sponsorship slash paint scheme slash merchandise announcement anytime soon? You know, it probably won't be till uh, the Eminem's contract ends, like in January. Uh, but we talked about this earlier before he came on. Uh, I read this article that. Uh, so uh, they asked Kyle, like, right after the race Sunday, like, uh, have you started, like, uh, getting ready for RCR? Or, uh, and technically he can't because, like, he's still on a contract through literally, like, New Year's Eve this year. And uh, he said, yeah, a little bit. Like, I've been going to the shop or taking visits there, and I've been texting Austin Dillon. Uh, <laughs> this is going to shock you. He's already uh, working on a hunting license. Like, Austin Dillon's literally trying to get help him get a hunting license for sponsorship reasons. Like, Realtree and Bass Pro Shops. Oh, <laughs> yeah! Wow, that's uh, he and, he does he does not he doesn't strike me as a dude who'd go hunting out like he does. He's not. He's not. And uh, also, 
you said that uh, I'm probably going to take like a three G and uh, not think about the season on the way home. Oh, I hope I hope he's I hope three G sponsors him. Get some Kyle Cush. <laughs> Kyle Cush. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that would be awesome, wouldn't it? They need to fucking name it that. Like they need, they need to release like a Kyle Bush brand if they do that and name it the fucking Kyle Kush. Yeah, you know how popular that would sell so well. I don't even smoke weed, but like I would fucking do that if they did that. You need to. It'd be a really good time. <laughs> I definitely don't. Oops. Oh man, what else? What else did uh, what else did you guys talk about? Uh, what was your favorite pace game? That's tough. <laughs> um, There's so many, I know. Holy cats. Um, I, I don't think I was here when y'all asked about favorite pace games, right? Well, how about this? We'll break it down. I'll break oh, no, it down. Oh, oh, no, you weren't. You weren't. Uh, uh, so what do you got? Okay. How about can we break can we break it down by sponsor? How's that? Would that would that be a little bit better? Because it yeah. kind of helped me. For, so like my favorite interstate scheme is probably the like the 2008 electric one with the red numbers. That'll still be an all time favorite for me. Um, Snickers probably the 2011 Snickers peanut butter squares. That's one of my favorite Snickers schemes. Uh, Snickers for me. Uh, shit. I'm looking at my diecast case. Um, yeah, same. That's what I'm doing right now. <laughs> um, designate the 2010 uh, diamond plate silver with the, the orange flames. Okay. That is a cool one. I actually have that Atlanta race win of that scheme from 2008. Toyota's first ever cup win. But that but my favorite would have to be the one from twenty eleven, that blue one with like the flames on there. Oh my oh, god, yeah. yes. Yeah, that one was pretty good. Um gosh darn it, what else is there? Pedigree, probably the uh two thousand eight one. Direct Dale Jr. with that's that's still going to be an all time iconic paint scheme for me, so that's yep. that's that's gonna be, that'll be my favorite pedigree scheme. Uh, uh, double mint, probably the 2011 Bristol Sweep double mint one. That's going to be that's that's going to top everything. I agree, that too. Uh, combos, I don't know, combos is kind of tough. I I gotta do the 2011 one. That's what I'm thinking too. 2011 is probably my it for combos. Uh, Skittles probably. I, I like the throwback Skittles. The Artie Arvin. Yep, that one's that that one's like an all time favorite of mine. Uh, low key one that never even ran a race. The Skittles uh, dips. That's still supposed to run Homestead. The fucking COVID fucked it. Yeah, because I have that. Um, what other sponsors were we missing? Uh, wait, say M and M's or? Um, uh, yeah, I know we have to get to M and M's. Favorite uh, main M and M scheme 
Um, I know, I'm still a big fan of the crispy ones. That hits that that one will always hit home for me. Yep. Crispy M and M's, hazelnuts, probably a second. Pretzel. Crispy pretzel. Um. Yeah, there's too many. I, I there's too many schemes to rank, dude. Yeah, no. I look at them all. And I'm like, wow, that's a good one. Like even like I'm looking at the Halloween ones now. Like all the Halloween Halloween oh. ones are good. AJ, we lost them. Uh, this I guess this it's just probably one of the toughest announcements I've ever personally had to make. But at the exit, uh, two hour mark in the Fanfield podcast. Well. We've lost AJ. <laughs> Pain. Hopefully, hopefully, he can come back on. Hopefully, I'm probably gonna have top offs here soon. I got a bunch of stuff I need to do tonight. Still. Yeah. Yeah. Same. I got my uh, my. I'll just plug myself. If you guys follow you at JB Graphics, definitely check that out. We got a lot of nice content that's on there right now. Um, just had a podcast last night, which actually was my highest viewed episode I've ever had. Let's go, baby. I had uh, literally had so many comments I could not keep up with them, and then I accidentally put on ones that were inappropriate to put on. But it happens. It's part of it. It, it, it that the episode last night was kind of cool because I literally made like t-shirt and hoodie sales while the show was going on because I was like shouting people, I'm like buy some stuff, and they're like just bought it. And I looked on my site today, I'm like, wow, they actually did buy some stuff. Like, yeah. Shout out Central Pennsylvania, I guess. One good time. Um. Uh, what else could I, what else could I bring up in the next five minutes before I help off? Mm. Whatever you want. Man, uh, I saw uh, what else? Could, what else do I? What else could I bring up? I've just been kind of out of it, dude. I don't. I don't even know. I've been so far behind with everything right <laughs> recently. Um, Are you satisfied with the Raven season? Uh, we'll we'll see. I'm still uh, I'm still very uh, very uh, hesitant, especially with how all, all of our losses were all double digit leads in the fourth quarter under ten minutes. That's fucked, that, dude. I know. They literally like before the loss to the Giants. They said that in the Ravens' two losses, they only trailed for fourteen seconds. Because we lost the Dolphins game, we blew the Dolphins game, we blew the Bills game, we blew the Giants game. We're kind of getting lucked out, knock on wood, but the only teams that have a winning record left in our schedule are the Bengals once. Yeah, we play all soon, and we suck ass. We will play We play Carolina after the bye, so we're on the bye week this week, and then the 20th we play Carolina. Oh, yep, I see it now. All right, so. That's going to be a game they'll drop just because Carolina sucks. Um, oh, oh, dude, we're, so, we're so fucking bad. We are so fucking bad. Uh, yeah, they got... I know they have Carolina. I think they have Atlanta, maybe. I know they have the Broncos, Pittsburgh, uh, Cleveland. Uh, Broncos country, let's ride. Oh, I I don't you probably didn't see it because I, I follow the Raven stuff. So uh they were doing like an Instagram live after after the game and they got to, they were talking to Justin Tucker or whatever and he was like talking about you know how the, you know that thing where russell wilson was doing like workouts or whatever on the plane yeah 
So uh, Justin Tucker was like, uh, well, uh, I think Lamar is going to be leading us on some uh, high knees on the plane ride home. Uh, Ravens talk. Uh, let's fly. Like, oh, <laughs> like, Fuck. Like, you know, you, know, you know, it's bad when the kicker's burning you. Like, come on. Yes. Well, I mean, not just any kicker. Like, the most, like, legendary kicker in the NFL. Like, ever since Adam Vinatieri. Yeah, I'm I'm real spoiled with that. And I don't know. It's I it's gonna be really interesting to see how the how the end of the season goes because I, I, I just don't know. Like I know not having a receiver, like not having a number one receiver, I feel like it's gonna hurt down the line. Like literally our number one receiver right now is Devin Duvernay. And he's like a number three anywhere else in the league. James Prochet, you've probably never even heard of that. <laughs> like oh. you know what I mean? No, like at least like I mean, you look at like Arizona. They at least have like uh, Hopkins and Robbie Anderson and Hollywood Brown. I and mean, you look at the Bills; they got Stephon Diggs. The Eagles have uh, Devonte Smith and AJ Brown. Like all the good quarterbacks that are out there have good receivers. So I, I think yeah. that that might hurt down the line. But I I also trust uh, I trust Lamar and. Hopefully he gets some playoff wins and a contract next year. Because I'm what, gonna if, do what if Lamar got traded to the fucking uh, Carolina Panthers? I don't know. That's gonna hurt, dude. Because I've I've been I I've been, I've backed Lamar ever since he got drafted, and I've like I still back him. Just that's gonna hurt. Yeah. Well, tell them to pay the motherfucker. I know they should. They they definitely need to, but. We'll see what happens. I guess. I guess he's banking on himself to win the Super Bowl this year, and then, then yeah, then they'll be forced to pay him. And then they're like, "Oh, you better pay him." So, yep. All right, I'm gonna. I guess I'm gonna hop off soon and hop off now, and uh, maybe I'll see you guys during our NAS Christmas party again. I don't know oh, if yeah. that's. No, I definitely want to do that. We'll, I don't we'll know if that's. To... I don't know if that's in the works or if that's. I'm like, sure we're going to. Like, we'll we'll definitely talk to Cody about it. Like NASC Christmas or whatever part two and yeah I'll get a little um, bit I'll get a, I'll get loopy for that episode and sponsored by Wool yeah sponsored by Moss Energy oh okay shout out Moss Energy for getting me through my days well it was good talking you Don I'm glad I got yes, to catch, glad I got to catch I can't even talk glad I got to catch catch up with you for a few minutes and yeah absolutely. yeah it's been a while man I hope you've been doing well. I have been. It's just, it's just been a very busy last couple of weeks with work and all the stuff I'm doing with my business page at, up here and going to dirt races every weekend. I hear you. It happens, but good chatting with you, dude. We will catch up at some other point, probably in the next couple weeks or so since Christmas is coming up. Yep. Have a good, good night. Hope your Panthers do a little bit better, except not against the Ravens. But even though I don't have expectations, I feel like that game's going to be a twenty. That's going to be a twenty seventeen type of game. You wait, dude. Fuck the Panthers. Go Vols. Like Vols are much better. Shout out Vols. Shout out Tennessee. Go Vols. Catch you later. Catch you later. See, see you, man. This is Fan Fuel. Thanks for tuning into the uh, Rowdy Roundup. Appreciate you guys. Uh, go KFB. Go damn Vols. Fuck Georgia, fuck Alabama. See you guys later.